Regina Dooley asking Seoul citizens to report for duty. Our site is uh, having millions of hits and is overloaded, so <laughs> everyone out there, please be patient. Uh, we'll try and get it back up uh, when uh, I guess we can. So. I think this is a little harder than I first thought. Uh, we were completely overwhelmed by the amazing response we got when we announced Star Citizen. Uh, but unfortunately our servers were even more overwhelmed than we were and went down for a few days. So we're just at the tail end of getting it all back into order. Uh, but in the meantime, the kind folks at Kickstarter have offered to help out and we'll be launching a Star Citizen Kickstarter page. And we know there's a lot of you out there that have asked for the Kickstarter option, you feel more comfortable with it. It's certainly more scalable than the solution that we uh, built on our own site here. So uh, we ask you, if you haven't pledged yet, uh, please go and pledge there. Uh, if that doesn't work for you because you want to use PayPal or you're in Europe or something, uh, then you can also pledge on this site. Uh, in all cases, your pledges will be connected to your Robert Space Industries membership uh, and account, and uh, hopefully will be all seamless. Uh, we certainly will work really hard to try and ensure that. And uh, I would like to thank everybody that's already pledged, that's fought through the numerous glitches and bugs we've had. Thank you so much for your perseverance. To the people that have been trying to pledge and haven't managed to get through, Thank you again. Uh, we hopefully will be able to accommodate you now. And uh, for the people that haven't pledged yet, I thank you in advance because I really, really would like to build this game. I want to build it with you, the community. I'm having a lot of fun in the process already, reading the forum posts that we have. I've even posted on a few of the forums. And uh, the idea of sort of building a great space adventure with the community uh, is something that's incredibly appealing to me. And I think you guys will have a lot of fun in the process too. Uh, so uh, get out there. Support us, pledge, and uh, I have some homework to get back to. And good evening, good evening. Welcome back to Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG, and we are back for our first show of 2023. And it's the old head show. I'm here with the guys who have been around for quite a while. Whoa, thank you so much for that gift sub. Thank you, or that subscriber sub. Thank you for resubscribing. Appreciate that for 17 months. Thank you. Yeah, we're back. Thank you very much. We're back. We're back. I'm back with my comrades, uh, Fastcart FC and Unique. How you guys doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having us today. Good. Good to have Happy you Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, 2023. Happy New right? Year. 2953, if we want to call it that. And yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a throwback, throwback to 2942. Uh, I'm actually going to say just 10 years because it just was back in October, November when this yeah, started. Right. So, so we're going to go back about 10 years. Kind of funny, too, because all those dates were 10, 10, and 10. Uh, unique, you mm. were around back in the day. That, that thing there on the uh, little promo with the 10, 10, and 10, why don't you kind of enlighten people to what that thing was or is? So they've destroyed that website and made it disappear. I tried to search for old pages and stuff and couldn't find it because that original website is the one I pledged on. Okay. And I can tell you, it was a disaster. <laughs> um, well, what is that thing that we're looking at though on the screen though? The thing with the 10, 10, and 10, the thank you, it says thank you. 
What's that gold thing under uh, there? Oh, the, the golden ticket. Yeah, tell them, tell folks about what the golden ticket was. Oh, uh, I vaguely remember that. So you could get the golden ticket for some sort of hoop you jump through, <laughs> and uh, then it'll let you, I guess, get into any event forever or something. Yeah, it was some, it was Future some events. promotional kind of thing. And, yeah. and everybody, won there was some, it, it, actually there's a video of like, like 10 people, I think, that ended up getting just, or something like that. And yeah, it was a very small group. Yeah, very small group of folks, but the... So, the, there was some mutiny, and that's kind of where the black card came out. Mm. I remember the black card. But, so, wait, let me get this straight, because I, I didn't know this part. So, you got to go and take it. I didn't write that. You can go to any citizen card, any 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 It was event, some it, promotional It thing. was something like that. I, I, I We'd have to go back, but yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I can't mm. remember what the whole theory thing behind it was, but I know there's a video out there with, with uh, Sam Andy, and she has the golden ticket winners. They're all standing there talking about that they had the tickets and blah, 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 blah. And the 10, 10, 10 was the date that at GDC, they were going to do this big announcement about Star Citizen. So October 10th of, uh, of 2010. Oh no, that's when it was, uh, no, what was it? It wasn't 2010, it was, it was no, 2012, but it was 10 a.m. 10 a.m., that's what it was. Thank you, Fast Cart. I'm yeah. getting old, sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. got no, uh, but yeah, so we're going to be talking about Kickstarter and how things got started. Now, my comrades here don't know what made me decide to have this conversation. Last month, there were a couple of streamers that put out videos talking about what we, what people have said about Star Citizen and Squadron 42 versus what the actual kickoff was. You know, did these games come out where they announced simultaneously? Did Star, did Star Citizen come and then Squadron 42 was an afterthought? Or were they originally set up so that you did one and you went into the other automatically? Were they both supposed to be released at the same time? It was all these different things that people have believed. And even I myself, I told Fast Cars that I had to go back and double back and look because I was under the impression, even though I knew that the idea was that when you played Squadron 42, and you exited the game, you were going to have some type of status, civilian, star citizen, traitor, whatever. And then from there, you would go into the open world PU. But you, you don't have to play the game that way. You could, if you don't want to play Squadron 42, you can just go into the universe. Or if you want to play Squadron 42, you could do that. But Unique was around when Robert Space Industries website was up before the Kickstarter. And that's something I haven't seen and probably most of you have never seen, the original site. Now I'm not talking about the site before the version we have now. I'm saying there was a different setup for signing up for the game prior to the Kickstarter page. And people like Unique and dozens and thousands of other people, when they signed up for Star Citizen, they did it on that website, which was laid out differently. Information was a little bit different. And so we're going to get some clarity about what that was like. So Unique, if you want to kind of talk a little bit, because you talked about the crash aspect, we showed the video, but maybe with what you do remember from that site, maybe share with some folks about what it was like to sign up or what the marketing was or what they were advertising, anything you want to share, go ahead and share that with us. All right. Well, again, this is my recollection. So it may prove out to be wrong because I'm old now. You can see all the gray hairs coming out, you know, all of us up here. But my recollection, and again, I was right about to get on a cruise with my three much younger daughters at the time. So I was quite focused on that. We heard that Chris Roberts was putting up a thing and jumped on the website, tried to put money in a couple of times. It didn't go through, uh, but then it finally went through. 
and uh, I was getting a 300 series ship. Mm. There weren't a, there weren't a whole bunch of ships or anything like that. That was like the only thing you could get. Um, they did express that the game was Star Citizen. You were going to be flying in a squadron, and that was Squadron 42. That's the squadron in the game that you would be assigned. And it was mapped a lot towards this, the idea of Wing Commander, right? The Wing Commander that he always wanted to do but couldn't do. Mm. And I, I rolled all the way through Wing Commander 4, so I'm like, yeah, here you go. Here's like, you know, whatever it was, 60 bucks. And, you know, give me the game when you get it. Mm-hmm. So we went on the cruise and came back, and there's a whole new website. The other website's gone. You're like, what's going on? And uh, they're like, we got this Kickstarter campaign. And you log in a Kickstarter and you find out and like my pledge isn't there, mm-hmm. you know? So you start emailing people like, what about, don't worry, we got your pledge. And I'm like, well, yeah, I understand you got my money. I checked my <laughs> bank account. You got my money. But what I don't see is what I'm supposed to get. Cause Kickstarter is really good at showing you, Hey, you're going to get this and this is when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Here's the timeframes and the money tickers. It, it's a really showy piece thing, especially, you know, 15 years ago when it was sort of, starting that kind of thing mm-hmm. up yeah you're like, yeah that's pretty cool i'll support a few projects so anyway uh they said don't worry when the kickstarter's over we'll merge your accounts in and all that other nifty stuff and but in the meantime you can pledge more um <laughs> so i, I was could. like uh you could i was like yeah no thanks i'll wait till uh this whole thing's over but then uh they got more money than they ever expected right in that first round of stuff and that's where because uh, the original idea was Chris, I'll say him slash team or family put up a couple mil. Uh, they were looking for us to match that. That would give them four mil. And again, this is my recollection of the story. And then they would ask a studio for six million mm-hmm. to make a $10 million. And that was going to be the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now it may cost more or less at that point, but that's where it started. Well, the Russian money came in so fast that they just realized that, well, if we already got 2 million in like four seconds, that uh, the community can probably just give us all the money and we can go without a studio. So they pitched that idea and the money just, it literally, it was, you know, the floodgates of money. If you had money, because he was talking to the Wing Commander group, but I think when I was playing Wing Commander, I was in my 20s, you know, late Mm -hmm. 20s. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now everybody's, ending you know near high up in their career their managers and vps and you know they're driving porsches or whatever you're not a kid getting a game from your grandma of wing commander for you know 49 bucks and you're like oh no it's just hey i got disposable cash mm-hmm. i ain't got to play around the golf this weekend you know um and so that was it and then uh after a while, the money kept, and again, it just kept coming in. It was phenomenal about how much money everybody was pitching in. And they, they were just offering ideas at certain funding levels. So the money kept coming in, and, and, the, and the bar just rose and rose and rose. So they were checking off each funding thing. It was like so, a game to us. Okay, so let me stop you for a second there. Because I was playing Eve at the time that this all started. I hadn't yeah. heard anything about the original launch or, you know, development of Star Citizen. When I heard from it, it was a friend of mine. She was, she and I played Eve and she said, Hey, did you hear Chris Roberts is doing a new game? I'm like, um, no, I hadn't heard anything about it. In fact, when she said Chris Roberts, that didn't even resonate with me until she said Wing Commander. And then I said, 
oh, no, I didn't know anything about it. She says, yeah, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, well, I'll check it out. By that time, I was looking at the Kickstarter page. I didn't see the page you're talking about, the original Robert Space Industry site. I never saw that. By the time I came in, it was like maybe, it must've been like late October, early November. That's yeah. when I came in. Now, like you said, Kickstarters at that time was just starting to, you know, build momentum, right? So there was a lot of uncertainty. I didn't know, okay, you know, you hear about these developers going on Kickstarter, blah, 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 blah. It didn't have a bad reputation, but it also didn't have a reputation as far as I was concerned to feel like, you know, putting money in for this. It took a while of research and looking and digging before I finally realized, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. By that time, we had passed the November date. And so I missed being in that initial aspect of the Kickstarter. You were there prior to Kickstarter and during Kickstarter. Is that, that's what I'm right. understanding. Because like you said, it was a very short window when they had the problems with their website. They, and in fact, the video we opened up with, Chris talked about that. His wife comes up to him, gives him a note saying, hey, the website has crashed. And then he comes back later and says, we have decided to partner with Kickstarter so that we can do it in a much better way. And, and that's the part you're reminding us of right now, that there was this change from the Robert Space Industry site to pull money to now Kickstarter's page. And then as you said, when it got in Kickstarter, it really started blowing up at that point with even more money, right? Well, yes, it was, it was blowing up. I mean, the early things of stretch goals came out, but they were just from Chris Roberts and his team mm -hmm. and they just laid them out. It was like a ladder. Right. And it just said every so much money, we're going to do this. And then if we get to that, you know, it's like 200 K or something, right. I think it was even a hundred K with the small things. Mm -hmm. They were incrementing it like that. And we just blew past like the first 10 mm -hmm. and they said, well, these increments are too small. So the inside up increase the increment size and then we kicked off like the next 10 at that increment size and it literally got up to like a million dollars in increment mm -hmm. and it like i said for me it felt like a game like chris roberts was asking well how much money you guys have and we're like ha, ah, you have no idea here you go <laughs> okay, okay so let me ask you a know? question when those increments were going up and i'm going to show we're going to come back to this later on in the show guys so just bear with us here. thank you go map this kind of, yeah, go map thank you so much go map. That that's up thank you thank you thank you um this is what Unique is talking about. And we're gonna come back to this later on, but this is what he's talking about. Now, my question to you is, when you saw this, because this is showing after the fact, when you saw it, was that incremental thing you're talking about, was that on the Robert Space Industry site that you saw it, or was it on the Kickstarter No, no, that, that was all on the Kickstarter after. Okay, after the fact. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, after the fact, yeah, gotcha, it was Because gotcha. six million was what they the... ended up doing. That was the big number that they ended with when they, when they ended the Kickstarter. Right. Okay. Got you. Got you. Got you. Okay. That makes so sense. there was there was the original Chris Roberts website, the Kickstarter, it ended, and then they got their own website again mm -hmm. to start collecting money. Further on. Okay. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Once yeah, they dumped a, Kickstarter. Can I, can I ask a question? Yeah. So uh, I heard about the Kickstarter during October. I, I, I missed the original um, website that you need to talk about, but mm -hmm. I did see the Kickstarter page that you just showed. And I was, I was playing um, Star Wars World Republic at the time, and my friend said, oh, Chris Roberts, the creative ring commander, you're making a new game. I'm like, oh, really? And at the time, it was like, I, I, I never I never played the ring commander game. I was more of a, um, the X-Wing and TIE Fighter mm -hmm. um, game. 
So I was so I went I went and took a look and then I saw the Robert Fitch Industries and I was like, why are you using Robert Fitch Industries and not StarCitizen.com or Spartan42.com? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll come back to this later. So do, do, do you know why? Do, do, uh, uh, Griffin, may, you may know. Do you know why they didn't use a StarCitizen.com or a Spartan42.com page instead of a, like a Robert Fitch Industries.com? Because that's the game, Star Citizen Squadron 42. They wanted the website to be a company. They knew that a company had uh -huh. to own it since they weren't going to have a studio, mm -hmm. right? It's not like uh, EA Sports or something, right? So that so suddenly they just realized, hey, we got this game, and then enough money started coming in that it became multiple games, mm -hmm. you know, two at least. Uh, and then over time, obviously, you can see now they're gunning for even more games by providing the technology to other people. Right. And so there's going to be a host so of, more of a games using this style. Yeah, it's branding. Yeah, more right? of a branding thing. It had to be a company under, that owned the title. Under, right, they fall under those titles or other things like right. you said that may come. So they're looking down the road, not just the immediate of saying Star Citizen. Right, because they were going to become their own studio. Mm. Okay, mm. okay, okay. And, and that's understandable because there's 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 the space dynamic of what he's creating game wise, but then there's still right. Cloud Imperium that is the development corporation or company that could go whatever direction they want to go. Like you said, um, unique, they could do whatever they want to under that brand, which is totally different. But far as space games and stuff, it would make sense that he might put it under Robert Space Industries. Okay. Right. Okay. That I mean, sense. say they took that graphic technology and started, you know, The Sims, some sort of, mm -hmm. you know. What is that family the family game yeah, sims, sims but yeah. made it prettier mm -hmm. and you could get to control the whole planet instead of just your house and a little neighborhood <laughs> yep yep and it's completely ridiculous what you can do yeah well no thank you for that history because you know most of us most of us have picked up on our history from kickstarter day and a lot of right. people maybe didn't even know about the golden ticket they didn't know about you know a few months beforehand there was an announcement on the robert space industry site now, one last question I do want to ask you, Unique, and I'm going to ask Fastcart the same question. How did you find out about it just in general? Because you came in before Kickstarter. Was it just that you heard about Chris Roberts making a game, or did somebody, did you read an article? How did you find out about the game no, itself so was being made? I heard it uh, just from the gaming group that I hung out with, Okay. you know? Okay. So we were playing Eve, we were playing all these other things, and uh, we had come out, you know, a long time from uh, Wing Commander flying simulators and uh, F-15 Strike Eagle. We were big into, you know, flying simulators yeah, and right. uh, combat and things like that. So uh, a friend of mine wasn't really in it. He just knew I was into Wing Commander. He was into F-15s. Oh. We, I, So him and I would fly F-15 together. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would do Wing Commander and just let him know how I how mm -hmm. I did, mm -hmm. uh, and then he had heard about it and he emailed me and said, "Hey, I know you're getting getting ready to get on that cruise, but mm -hmm. you should check this out before you do." Oh. Chris Roberts is at it again. That's all he said. Chris Roberts is at it again. I'm oh. like, what? <laughs> yeah, and, and, I thought maybe it was going to be a Wing Commander five or something. You right. know, and the reason why I asked oh, that is because I was big. I was big on reading all the PC gamer magazines and everything else, and I saw absolutely nothing. Saying that Chris nah, Roberts early on, was, it was a bunch a of word of mouth. That, it was a bunch was of word of mouth. That's what I was wondering. Okay, FCU, you came in. You said about October, but you October, didn't get. No, 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 no. 
But you didn't get in on it before the Kickstarter ended, right? Right, right, right. How did you find out? How did you find out? My friend, my guild from Star Wars World Republic, we were in Ventrilo at the time. Ventrilo. And yeah, and one of the guys said, oh, Chris Roberts is making a new game. And I said, oh, what is it? And he said, they're having a Kickstarter. I'm like, oh, give me a link. So that's how I found out. Now, how my friend found out, I had to go back and ask him. Cause okay. I, I don't know how he found out about it, I, but I'm guessing it's word of mouth. Yeah, because like I said, it was word of mouth for me, but I, mm -hmm. I just felt kind of weird. I'm gonna say I didn't feel bad, but like I said, I was reading all the PC Gamer and everything else, and I never saw anything about it until it was at Kickstarter level. You know, I didn't know there was a Robert Space Industry page before that. Yeah, I didn't either. You know? So nope. that's why I, why I'm asking, and Unique kind of answered it. You know, it's just it was word of mouth. Evidently, that's how people found out. Um, okay. Well, the website was so bad i mean it was mm -hmm. down way more and you know it was, literally was uh we're gonna get it back up as soon as possible you know yeah. like <laughs> yeah so they they it was hard if you heard about it and you went to the website right you never saw it now, I know, half the time the, kick, the, kick, the kickstarter part the site was, was much better for, for them with, with all the traffic that, oh the yeah. Traffic, yeah. Traffic generator. yeah and that's what he was saying in the video that it would help be able to manage it better last question unique and then we're going to start the video um you, you mentioned, and I do know that, you know, in the beginning, there were very few ships available. Uh, the 300i was one of the first videos that they put out in the Aurora. Were those pretty much the only, I know on the Kickstarter page, there were ships listed there, but when you signed up prior to the Kickstarter page, was the 300i, that was the only thing that was outlined? Because I know the Connie is mentioned on the, on the Kickstarter page. Not many other ships are mentioned in the Cutlass. Yeah, so they had a couple of tiers of ships, you know, so there was like, the Aurora and everybody's like, oh, what would I do with that ship? The 300 was a decent price kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and again, I'm pretty sure they were feeling out the market. So here's the Constellation. Look at that. You're like, yeah, I'll never pay that kind of money. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for a $60 game. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, here I am thousands of dollars into it. Yeah. Completely uh, crazy. I want to I go back to something that Dr. Love is saying about the, the title, robertspaceindustries.com. And don't get me wrong. Dr. Love, we know that that's a part of the lore and the game and the history behind where it came from. I think Fast Cart's referring from a real-world business standpoint. Yeah, that's what I meant. Right. We, yeah. we get the RSI thing. He's just asking, why did they decide to name the website that in real-world time versus saying StarCitizen.com or Squadron42? Because that would have been the natural default that any player, if you hear about a game, you'd pull that up. If, if you don't know there's an RSI, you wouldn't even know to look for that. What you would go to is, let me see if I can find Star Citizen. You know, and so, and that has always been a question that people have asked is why is the site called robertspaceindustries.com? We do get the RSI part in relation to lore and everything, uh, but we were just kind of curious about that because you are a person in game, not in real life. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we get that. I mean, it's fair. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, but at the time that was not obvious. Yeah. At the time that was not. Yeah, it wasn't obvious. obvious. Yeah, if you don't know the lore and the background behind it, if somebody told me there's a game called Star Citizen, I'm gonna look up Star Citizen. I don't know nothing about. As a matter of fact, it's not even obvious now because people probably still have that they question now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they still do when people go look it up. So okay. Uh, yeah, the whole immersion. Yeah, immersion's in the game. I'm talking about real world. <laughs> I get, I get it. I get it. I'm talking real world. I'm talking real world. Okay. To him, that's so, in the game is the only is real world. world. Hey, that's, I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Hey, believe me. Yeah, I ain't mad exactly. at you. I ain't mad at you. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump in. Now, guys, what we're going to be doing today, some of you have seen it before, but we are going to go over GDC. I do want to talk about, again, the statement that I made earlier about why I brought this up, because there is 
different people say, some people have said different things about when things came out in the game. From what, from what I understand and what Unique told me, Unique, I'm gonna let you share this one last thing too. Because Unique says that the impressions he got when this came out was that this was about Squadron 42. That was, we're talking pre-Kickstarter page, y'all, okay? Unique, would you talk a little bit about that? When you first signed up, what you were, what you understood, whether about the verse, the PU, the, please explain what you, from back in August or whatever month it was, September of that year. Yeah, so for me, my understanding was the game was Squadron, or uh, the game was Star Citizen, and but your life would be joining a group of fighting military people called Squadron 42, much like Wing Commander, okay? The game was Wing Commander, but you joined a certain group inside of the game. So it's structured like that. And a lot of references to Wing Commander in that style is a story that you were living in and you your actions mattered to kind of branch you through the story. Uh, and you might come out, you know, you start out as a lowly lieutenant, flying your craft and you got your rank based on how well you did and maybe you make it to full colonel maybe you only make it to like captain or something because you don't quite get all the missions done uh, but you would have an end of the holy thing so there'd be some chapters and possibly as the money poured out there would be more chapters over time created you know sign out kind of like wing commander five six seven eight kind of thing like that um i didn't hear anything about any sort of mmo thing until Kickstarter came along. And even in the Kickstarter, it was a later stretch goal. Mm -hmm. And then I don't think they thought we would hit that. I don't think they thought that people would want it to be that because of all the money ahead of time on, on what they were after. But when that box got checked for the MMO, then they had to start figuring out, well, how do we do that? And so it became that Squadron 42 was a lead in to the PU. Right, and the PU now is called Star Citizen instead of Squadron Forty Two. Uh, so you would you would go into that either after you finish Squadron Forty Two, or you could skip it and go into that kind of like as a civilian, um, you know, with no real reputation from being in the military or whatever, which is fine. I mean, you know, so uh, that was the rough idea that was pitched to us, and it's kind of developed over time. And there's a reason why I'm having. Unique mentioned that because <clears throat> when you watch, when we watch GDC and remember that this was October and when you go to the Kickstarter website, Chris outlines there's Star Citizen and Squadron 42 or better yet, there's Squadron 42 and Star Citizen. And he talks uh -huh. about this thing of playing stars, playing Squadron 42. And when you come out of that, you'd be able to go into the persistent universe, which he calls the PU, which is Star Citizen. Now I'm saying that so that we don't get the confusion going because I, again, we tried to do a lot of research. We tried to dig up, finding the old web pages, all this that we couldn't do. It was difficult. I, I couldn't do it. Maybe somebody else out there knows how to do it. I can't, but Unique was there. And he says, as far as he recollects, and I want to give him a, a waiver. He says, as far as he remembers, the big pitch at that time was Squadron 42. This much bigger universe and world. And you mentioned this earlier too, Unique, there was conversations about multiple chapters. They did talk about more Squadron 42s, right? That was part of the right. thing too, right? But yeah, that was a possibility. Possibility, possibility. So just want to kind of make sure that's clear. No waiver, can't get any waivers, okay? 
face, Kuba. All right, because you know we don't want to give out bad information. Okay, but we. Right, but, right. but that's why we're saying I'm talking to somebody who was there because there are some people who have, and I've even said, you know, I wasn't sure. I, once I went back, I looked. I said, well, maybe both of these were at the same time. By the time the Kickstarter came around, yeah, Chris was talking about this new idea of the PU. But as you guys know, when he put out the video, the kickoff video that we're going to see in a few minutes, it was really about a standalone Squadron 42. That's really what it was about. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump in and watch the video. We've talked long enough. Yeah, it even had limited solar systems. I mean, the whole idea of 100 so it was like 10 or 20 at the most. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, because he expands them later on. Okay. Let's oh, go, yeah. Let's that's go ahead and jump stretch into goals. it. Watch, watch, watch the stretch it. goals. Yep. Alrighty, here we go. Uh, we may stop from time to time if there's something we a point that we want to mention or if we see something in chat, but otherwise get something to drink because this video is about 57 minutes long and then we're going to talk after that and look at the website. So here we go. Remember how good we thought this looked back in the day? Yeah. We thought this was amazing. Back in the day, it was amazing. Yeah. It was.
Origin 42. Please welcome to the stage, Chris Roberts. But Dirk, I had a question in chat. Was it still made in the first one month that Chris Roberts mentioned in the GDT go to ticket? I think it was, but I'm not sure. Oh, that video, that part, yes. People, but uh, I'm glad you got you out here early. Uh, I hope you like what you saw. That um, I'm actually pretty proud of it because it was all rendered in the game engine and using the game app. Guys, give so, me a number one if the sound uh, is good for you. It was the sort of thing that we could only do in pre-rendered sequences. And not that long ago when I did the Wing Commander movie, we had to have million, millions of dollars of SGI machines to do that. And that was all done on a PC with a GTX 670. <laughs> Zero. Which is pretty cool. Um, and in case you don't believe me, we're going to jump into the game engine uh, a little later on, and I'm going to sort of show you some stuff in it and uh, show you some stuff that I think is pretty cool. Uh, but um, right, before that, I thought I would uh, have a little conversation with you and tell you uh, why I'm coming back, kind of why I, I uh, uh, took a little bit you. of a break, and uh, I'll sort of tell you the big picture of the game that, um, you know, this past year I've been in sort of super secret uh, pre-production and prototyping, which is what you've uh, seen here, and, uh, and and sort of tell you about kind of what I'm planning to build and hopefully uh, 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 invite you guys to be part of that process uh, going forward. So let me... Uh, Can I just mention again how, you, uh, how young he looks? Clicker here to move this on. Um, so, you know, I, I think you guys know that... Uh, Gained a lot uh, of weight since I then. Sold yep. Visual Anvil to Microsoft. He's been eating well. All that money he's been getting. I took a break from the, uh, the game business. Uh, it was, uh, there was several reasons, but uh, one of the big ones was that I was sort of frustrated with the technology of being able to realize sort of the picture of way too, I had. In my head. Uh, and then also there was the ever-increasing development cycle. So, uh, you know, most of the Wink Manners I made were I built in about a year or 18 months. Uh, but uh, freelance, so we were sort of four years into production, and uh, you know, I, <laughs> Microsoft bought the company, and it was still another two years before it came out. So, sort of six years between releasing and uh, people getting to uh, play the game that you've been working on, sort of was feeling too long, and uh, I was fairly frustrated with that. And then, and then there was also just an element of the business was getting sort of big and corporate and you had to be more about being so it should take them two years for and, uh, wing commander and six years for for the net so, for a freelancer what he just said I, uh, you can scale it up for a star citizen that means 12 years for a star citizen right play a lot more games yeah probably but you know lots of it based on the technology how far you could push it on the pcs back then you know, the, the newest PC with the newest graphics card and the cons, you know, whatever the new console is. Uh, and, uh, you know, a couple of years ago was sort of the first time that I was playing games and feeling like, you know, I actually have something to say again. And I'd like to come back and, 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 and make a game. And I sort of felt uh, playing it on a couple of things. One, I sort of felt like the technology had moved forward to a point and also I could see where it was going to go that uh, you could do stuff in terms of the, the visual fidelity that would just increase the immersion. And so for me, you know, all the oh, games are built on the It's the starter, right? Thank you for the, uh, and, and to do that, you have to sort of realize it with a, a fair amount of detail. And, and uh, I think, you know, Take today, a especially if you're focusing on a high-end PC, which I'm doing, um, you can you can sort of do that to a level that just sort of sucks you into the world, and I think you know what, that's Captain actually Harris. I was thinking the same thing. Um, James sort of Cameron and Chris Roberts are similar. They're waiting for technology to catch up to their imagination. A film set in today's world, you know, half the time you think those were shot in lo real locations, but usually. 
they were actually sets that were built and they have a whole art department and they've got people that, you know, figuring out how to put the little scratches, the ticks, you know, uh, you know, little uh, rivets on the walls and everything just down to the finest details. So when you watch it, you think it's real and you get sucked into it. And I think that's something that uh, in, you know, in it, when you're building a world or a game, the more of that you have into it, I think it helps. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, one of the games that I liked a lot um, a few years ago was, uh, you know, Uncharted 2. And I think, they, you know, they did a great job. It wasn't so much that the gameplay itself was wholly original because it's you know, sort of an evolution of Tomb Raider and, and a third uh, cover shooter, but the texture of it and the world and the detail I was completely immersed in. I was, and so at that point I was lost and it was great. And so any, you know, the, the, the technology being able to let you do that now is sort of, I think, one of the big reasons. And the other uh, reason for me that I'm sort of excited to, to come back and make games again is I sort of feel like with the shift to digital and the way that you can sort of be connected to your um, community of people that are playing the games that you make, uh, I think that's incredibly exciting. I mean, I think one of, you know, I was saying one of my frustrations in the old days was that, you know, you'd work for many years on a game and then you would put it on a disc and then it would go on a box and it would go out to the store and then people would buy it and hopefully they liked it and then it would all be over for after a month and then you'd start it all over again and there'd be another two, three years before you would get to do that again. And, and that, uh, you know, if you're a creative person, that's kind of, kind of gets frustrating, especially the longer it gets. And I think in today's world, when you sort of can be connected and you can sort of uh, build a world that, you know, maybe people are playing all the time and there's constant updates, that it's a totally different equation. And I think that you have much more instant feedback. And uh, I think from, a, from my standpoint, anyway, I think it's, uh, it's, it's incredibly exciting and uh, it's kind of fun. I mean, I don't know how many of the people in here went on the, the sort of early teaser site that we, that we put up about 30 days ago. But, you know, even on that site, we have been doing two to three content updates a day. Uh, you know, and it's kind of fun. You're sort of doing it live and you're seeing what people are saying when you put stuff up. And, uh, you know, I really sort of feel like that's something that is fun and will be great to uh, explore going forward. And so that was one of the, the sort of core uh, tenets of me saying, hey, I want to come back and I want to do something to that direction. So here we go. Press my little button. So what am I going to build? So I'm going to build uh, a universe and the, the sort of name of the universe or the the, the the community I'm talk, uh, talking about is going to be called Star Citizen. And it's Star Citizen because, uh, well, citizenship's very important in this universe. You don't automatically uh, get it. You have to earn it. So you can earn it uh, via military duty, like the sort of cinematic uh, teaser that we just showed is from the sort of military side of it. Um, or you could earn it by performing uh, missions that would increase your civic standing. Or you could just be you know, an entrepreneur, a merchant, earn a lot of money and, and buy your citizenship. And of course, in this universe, you don't necessarily have to be a citizen. In fact, if you were a pirate or sort of on the sort of grayer side of law and order, you may not want to be a citizen. But the idea is that there's sort of uh, something that you can attain and work to, towards. And, and also, I like the idea of citizenship because I sort of feel like one of the things I want to do with this game is I want to say, hey, you know what? You know, PC, PC games are cool, space games are cool, and... You know, I think it's kind of a community, and, I, and I've definitely seen it in the sort of Wing Commander uh, uh, fan community. I've seen it in the freelancer fan community, and I sort of feel like, uh, yeah, I, I, I sort of want to pull a community together and, and then sort of build a great universe Thanks and for the follow. have that ongoing uh, sort of relationship, and people will be citizens of this um, universe. It'll be hopefully very cool. Um, 
but the you know the base uh, gameplay in in Star Citizen is it's it's going to be you know the style of game that I've built in the past, which is sort of space combat and adventuring um, in a persistent open universe. Uh, so the way I'm looking at it is I sort of want to make one holistic universe that encompasses uh, everything that was great about Privateer and Freelancer, but also what works with uh, that was great about Wing Commander. And so I want you to be able to sort of experience all those things. So it's sort of like you're in a universe that doesn't stop um, going forward and happening and is, is a sort of constantly live. Uh, but, you know, you want to play your single player, uh, you know, story campaign off on the side, you can absolutely do it. So sort of the idea is uh, in this universe, for instance, you can sign up for your military duty, which is one of the ways to earn citizenship. And that, in essence, is playing the single player uh, story narrative campaign that's the Wing Commander experience. And that's the typical branching uh, mission uh, setup that you would have in Wing Commander, because, of course, if you're in the military, you can't just sort of take off and fly off to another planet. It's like you'd be going AWOL. Uh, so, but you, the idea is, is, is that particular uh, experience we're calling Squadron 42, uh, which was sort of what that cinematic trailer was about. And, uh, you know, the 42nd um, Squadron of the Imperial Navy in this universe is sort of a legendary fighting unit. It's very much like the uh, French Foreign Legion, in fact, that it's always in the toughest areas, you know, trying to hold back the sort of alien uh, hordes that are threatening humanity. And they, you know, somehow managed to pull out in you know, against all the odds. And, and to actually be accepted into this squadron is a, is a pretty huge deal and sort of gives you a sort of certain level of uh, I don't know, status. It would be like being a Navy SEAL or something. So uh, the, the, uh, the goal of, the, of the, the, the narrative campaign is that you fight the, the battles very much in a sort of Wing Commander 1, Wing Commander 2 narrative uh, branching style. And then if you manage to succeed at the end, you'll be invited into the squadron. And then when you finish that, you'll be able to muster out. You'll have some credits in your pocket and you'll sort of have the status of being, uh, you know, an ex-member of uh, the 42nd Squadron and there's a sort of community of sort of ex-members in the universe and, and uh, you know, then you go out and make your, make your fortune in the universe and, you know, we may, you know, we'll do another story campaign in a little bit, just much like the Wing Commander mission packs and you could always re-up for another Tora Judy. Um, and then, so you have that, which is sort of the Wing Commander experience, and then you have sort of the privateer freelancer experience, which is the typical, you can fly around, venture, you know, buy goods, sell it, trade, be a merchant, be a pirate, be a mercenary, it's sort of up to you. Uh, and you know, obviously the goal in that is to sort of build up your wealth and your ship and your capabilities. Uh, so you know, eventually there'll be some real estate that you'll be able to buy, but essentially that's hopefully going to be a, a, an ongoing um, environment that is always changing and, and uh, adapting. And so I'll get to the next slide. Uh, you're muted. You're muted. Uh. So unique, this goes back to what you were saying earlier, that this part of the vision he's talking about, about coming out of the squadron, becoming an ex-military person and going off into the world and doing trading and stuff. You're saying all that, you didn't hear all that in the pre-Kickstarter time. That wasn't, you heard everything no. focused around Squadron 42, chapters of the game, and that was pretty right. much it. Okay, okay. So, you know, now they've got this kind of newer vision where he's merging all the games he had produced in the past. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah, when he went back to like, the freelancer part and everything, right, where you could go around and right. do stuff in a, in a little verse or something. Okay, all right. 
Gotcha. But I, I don't know to you. It doesn't uh, sound to me like it's all fleshed out right there. He's kind of yeah, yeah, still high in the is... sky right now to see, like, <laughs> yeah, are you going to bite yeah. on this or not? Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And, and again, we want to remind everybody, this is, you know, GDC. This isn't the announcement. This is not the original announcement. This was later. The original announcement was done via the website. This announcement was his public announcement at GDC. The, the pre-Kickstarter website. Exactly. Okay, here we go. I already talked about Squadron 42. I always get ahead of myself on these slides. Hang on, one more forward. Um, so one of, one of the keys, and I, and I talked about it in, uh, you know, back when we were doing Freelancer, was that uh, I wanted to have sort of a dynamic universe that reacted to the players. And, uh, you know, I talked about it uh, when we first announced the game in 1999. And unfortunately, a lot of those features didn't end up happening because it was sort of that was the stage two. And, uh, you know, it was released in 2003 and, and, and uh, you know, Microsoft sort of started to focus on Xbox games and not so much PC games anymore. Um, and uh, so I, I've always wanted to feel like I wanted to, to finish that off and do it, uh, you know, the way I wanted to do it. Uh, you know, I think uh, the CCP guys did a very nice job with uh, what they did on EVE Online, but it's not the style of uh, game that, you know, the first person sort of visceral uh, wing commander, privateer, freelancer style. Uh, so that's really important. The other aspect of it is not just a sort of dynamic uh, economy, but it's also to have a universe that sort of reacts to what's happening, uh, you know, what the player base is doing out there. So there's several ways that we're going to achieve it. Uh, one of the key ways is that we're going to do sort of micro content updates. So one of the core goals of this universe is not to have uh, a big sort of monolithic content update every one year. Muted. I'm going to stop there because that slide has some stuff there. Some of you may have heard about at some point they talked about mods and private servers. And now you're seeing where that came from. Now we haven't, I don't think that's an issue anymore. I think that's, if it happened, God only knows, but I don't think that's an issue anymore. But you also I see, think they've gone away. Yeah, but you also see the aspect of multiplayer. This is not the same thing as MMO because at that time there was conversation about if me and Unique were, if Unique was playing Squadron 42, that I could come into Squadron 42 and play with him. That was the multiplayer that they were talking about then, not a, you know, multi thousands and thousands of people being in. At the same game. time, yeah, it was like two to four people right. could be in your chapter with you. So right. you could go around with friends, co-op kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. So just so you know, that's what they're, the, the, this is earlier now. We ain't talking about now, but we're trying to get, tell you guys maybe where some things you may have heard where they came from. Okay. All right. Thank you for those follows, uh, purple time and six zero. Thank you guys. Thank you. Um, and, uh, so I, I've always wanted to feel like I wanted to, to finish that off and do it, uh, you know, the way I wanted to do it. Uh, you know, I think, uh, the CCP guys did a very nice job with, uh, what they did on EVE online, but it's not bit. the staff. Uh, into uh, your stories or changing things around a little bit, uh, so it's sort of so the people that are playing feeling like their actions actually have some impact. Uh, you know, or another way to think about it is if you think about the uh, TV model versus the film model. Um, so you know, I think that the sort of open world uh, style of game is closer to a TV model than a, the film model. And that what I mean is, you know, if people someone does a TV series, what they do is they write a bible and they write five or six episodes, and then they broadcast it, and then if it's well received, then they get an order from the network and they get to do lots more episodes. But what happens is the writing team on that sort of writing as the episodes have been seen and they kind of know what the audience likes. So that's why when you see shows, a lot of times you'll see characters get killed off or some characters get bigger roles. Uh, and uh, 
that's, that's kind of what you can do in TV that you say can't do in features because you're sort of live with what's happening. And uh, I think that also can be very applicable to sort of an open world and a, and a, and a, a universe uh, that I'm trying to build. And I think it can be really great. And to give an example of, say, something else that would be connecting for the people playing this universe. So I mentioned that we would have a star system that would uh, would put in the galaxy. Well, uh, we won't actually tell the player base that this we put a new jump point, a new star system in. And in fact, it would have to be the player, a player that's playing it would have to discover it. So uh, it basically would be an uncharted jump point. And you know, if you've got certain equipment on your ship, or you tend to be someone that wants to be more an explorer, um, you know, you would be flying near a star, and you would sort of see that there would be this sort of gravitational anomaly, and you would you'd realize it's an uncharted jump point, and then you could choose to to actually chart and fly the jump point, which isn't particularly, which is difficult, like, uh, be like, uh, you know, riding a, you know, an incredibly uh, gnarly wave on the north shore of, you know, uh, in Hawaii somewhere. And um, if you manage to get to the other side, then your nav computer has recorded all your moves, and then you can sell it at a, at a great profit back to one of the space corporations that will then just be able to sell it to all the players, and they'll automatically be able to jump that nav point. But the really cool thing is that you'll get to name the star system or the, or the nav point um, after yourself. So you know, players that discover the new jump points of the star systems will actually become part of the universe. They'll sort of have, they'll- uh, Can you pause for a minute with one, please? Cool. So you're gonna have the fast card system. I already know where you're going with this, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'm listening to him, and I, I'm, I'm imagining being a developer for this game in 2012, <laughs> and listening to him, and, and thinking, how in the world do you, do you, does he expect us to do all this stuff? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> do you think that's how it was with him? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there's some things here that I'm curious about. You know, as you guys know, you know, I believe that based on when I look at the history of the development of this game. About 85% of what Chris talked about, maybe 90%, they've been pulling off. They've been pretty close to yeah. it. Now, I, am yeah. curi I am curious about this thing about if Unique finds the wormhole and he sells it to the corporation or to the UEE or whatever, it said that players would have to buy that sucker to find out where it's at. I'm curious as to how he was actually thinking of do that. I don't know if that's still the case, but mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, space is big. You ain't gonna just stumble across a, an anomaly. You know, but I'm just kind of curious if that's still going to be a part of the game. If I don't want to search for it, I can purchase the location rights to get to it. Or if I don't want to pay the money, I just have to go out there and explore just like Unique did, hoping that I stumble across that anomaly. I'm just curious as to how that will pan out later on. I think that's still the idea, you know, yeah. so that uh, that's why you've got the beacons out there and they're on or off and, and mm -hmm. news doesn't travel if they're shut down, right? right? right. Um, so you don't get a crime stat if nothing, if nobody saw it happen, yeah. it didn't happen. Right. It's going to same with the jump points. If you're the only one who recorded it, if mm -hmm. you come back safely and your ship doesn't get exploded, yeah. it's in your nav computer, it's in your Moby glass, it's yeah. a piece of information that you own and you don't have to tell anybody maybe somebody else does stumble across it mm -hmm. uh but if they don't like maybe you bring it back to your corporation and y'all go rape it for all the gold and diamonds and mining that's yeah. in there you know for two months and then you sell it yeah well, Glades, for big profits yeah let me respond to something gladestone's asking he's like you know have you ever played a game where you buy a map in order to find something that's in us you know <laughs> I'm talking about <laughs> in Star Citizen, you all know this. You know, when we find stuff in the game now, like when we first found where Jumptown was, 
people will make videos, they'll put it on Reddit, they'll, they, all the information's there. So my question is, how do you keep that information in such a way that players don't step outside of the immersion of the game and say, if you want to find, you know, fast cart 708, you know, jump point, all you have to do is go here. Then that kills the whole economic dynamic of the game. If all I got to do is pull up a YouTube video to find it. So I'm just curious as to how they will protect that information and keep it with the economy, with the gameplay. Unique hit, hit it on the head when he talked about how to do it. I'm just kind of curious to see what Chris was thinking about with that. I, I, I think back then, I mean, it, it, it was it was done back then, but not to the to the um, extent that it's done now. Uh, walkthroughs and and, and guides and stuff like that on YouTube wasn't as big as it, as it is yeah. now compared compared to 2012. Yeah. So he probably but, wasn't thinking about YouTube and everything like that. Yeah, then. but you can't you can't you right that part is not in the game. You can't monetize finding a jump point. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, as soon as you can monetize it, yeah. Mum, mum's the word because if I find a jump yeah. point, the only reason you're going to know I found a jump point because wherever I was hanging out in the game, I ain't going to be there. <laughs> okay, you're like, Well, where's unique? I, was like, I don't know, I ain't seen him in two weeks, <laughs> you know, right? Okay, fair enough. Fair he, enough. he went out in the mole and he came back with a whole fleet of ships. Yeah. I don't know where they came from. Yeah. And unique, you said something too that Chris said, and I noticed how when Chris said it, he kind of smiled a little bit. He said, When you find a jump point, if you survive it. And only come yeah. out on the other side. That's another thing that I think people don't think about too. There is still, he's made it very clear that this was to be a danger aspect to when you go through wormholes. And that's even today. It's not just back in 2012. They, they, they've always said that until you go through and navigate it where you're computer, you have a nav computer that navigates through wormholes, which none of us have right now. We don't deal with that right now. There's a chance that you may blow up going through. Oh yeah, or, 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 or a chance, you, 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 you may go too close to the edge and, get and, 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 and either, either kicked out or explode or what have you. So yeah. that's why that's a missing. Yeah, you could get kicked out of the out of the wormhole and you could be in the wrong place. kicked out in the wrong place, but also <laughs> so far out mm -hmm. to where you can't, get back. you don't have enough fuel to get back yep. to be mm -hmm. able to get back to the start of the point, jump point, you know? And so you might have to call and somebody's like, well, how you get out there, yeah. you know? So it's all that kind of stuff. Okay. But yeah, he, he intends for it to, if you're flying, you have to be able to fly well in this game. Yeah. And I think you're already seeing that. Like if you're going to fight somebody, mm -hmm. uh, you kind of got to be able to fly well, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think it's going to be just the same in the, the wormholes when you're jumping through them. Mm -hmm. uh, there's sort of a tube and twisting and a boundary thing. Mm -hmm. And if you mess up, cause it's going to be manual, you don't get it recorded. Mm -hmm. okay. And so as much as ships cost in the game, it will be an expensive thing to lose mm -hmm. if you don't do it well. Good point. All right, here we go. Just becoming that sort of viral discovery and, uh, you know, becoming part of the fabric of the universe is, 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 uh, is actually really cool. And, uh, and so those aspects, I think, are going to make the universe really interesting. Um, and then the other thing that... Um, is important is I think the multiplayer aspect, uh, if done right, really is something you can do today that I couldn't have done uh, 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, so we're going to do you know, several things. First of all, even on the single player side, uh, the Squadron uh, 42 side of it, uh, we're going, you can play the single player offline, single player, you don't have to be online for it. But if you do play it online, your friends can jump in and, uh, and, and essentially sort of 
be wingmen during missions. And I don't know if many people here have played Demon Souls, but it was uh, it was actually a game that I quite liked. But they had a really great approach to the way they were sort of handling the sort of single player slash multiplayer. And you know, when you went to take out one of the bosses. Uh, you know, people could help you out and join you in, and they would get some bonus and points for it. But we'll definitely still have a really cool multiplayer on the on the sort of campaign narrative side. And then in the open world, uh, we're sort of focusing a lot on uh, you know how you and your friends uh, can fly together. And so you know, like an example would be if you're flying from one planet to another planet and you get attacked along the way, you get you know sort of put out into you know what we call Thanks battle. For the follow. And in this battle instance, um, we will always save slots for friends of whoever's in the battle instance. So you can sort of put a distress call to your friends list. And if they're close by, they can sort of warp in and help you out. So it's sort of like calling in the cavalry. So think of it like, you know, if you ever play World of Tanks or Battlefield, you know, if you get online and you see your friends playing in, in, a, in, a, in a, an instance, uh, you can jump into it, but you know sometimes they're all full up. Well, what we're sort of saying is we're we're building it in such a way that we'll we'll always reserve slots for friends so they can come in, and then on top of that, um, what we're going to do is, and I'll show you we'll, when when I'll get into it, I'll show you some of the technology. But we've spent a lot of time building. Uh, a technology so it's sort of scalable on a spaceship size, so we can handle the small spaceships like a fighter craft that you're flying, but we can also handle much bigger spaceships. So in that trailer you're seeing that you're flying off a big carrier. Well, that's a that's simulated and modeled as a vehicle, just like uh, the fighters are, and we can be anywhere in between that. So in this in this sort of open world universe, you'll be able to sort of buy or fly around a bigger ship. So think uh, a Millennium Falcon style ship where you can have, you know, you'll have the cockpit and you'll have some turrets and some corridors inside it and you could be flying it and you can have a few of your friends hanging out on your ship as you're flying through the galaxy. So you can say, hey, go, we're going to fly on a difficult mission. Will you man the turrets for me? Uh, and, uh, you know, a few of the bigger ones will even have a small hangar bay that will have a fighter in. So if you come under attack, someone can jump in the fighter, someone can jump, man the turrets and, and fly around. So that's always something I've wanted to do uh, in a game and, and you can do it now. And so we're going to be doing that in this. Um, so those are all features I think are pretty uh, cool. And let's go on to the next slide. I guess we'll all need you to enlist here. But um, so I'm going to jump into the game now because I want to sort of show uh, uh, this is Can you this pause is it real quick just a second. level that we spent about a year uh, sort of working the workflows and some of the technical issues out. But I want to. Yeah. I just want to say outside of the single player kind of things, you got to understand, Chris is standing up there. He's never done any of that in his life at that point. <laughs> all, and, and we all know, right? All the Wing Commander people know. We're like, looking at him like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you told us it's going to be like Wing Commander and chapter and story through the thing and maybe with your friends coming in. But now I think actually he's making this stuff up on the fly while he's standing right there on that podium. <laughs> Well let, anyway, me say, let me, well, let me say this. You mentioned, a, you make a good point that sometimes people forget that there are some things that are done in Star Citizen that we have seen in other games. And then there is the other side of Star Citizen that is truly innovation, right? Things that not only has Chris not done, but things that maybe have not even been done in the industry. And I think sometimes people don't really think about the game that way. They kind of base it upon the way games have been developed previously, where engine is in place, staffing's in place, uh, certain aspects of technology and development are in place. And here's somebody who's saying, I always equate, and you guys have heard me say this on the show before, it's like George Lucas. George Lucas, every time he came forward with his storyboards for his films, 
He would bring all his all of his department heads in. He said, "This is what we're going to do." Blah 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 blah. And then he'd see everybody say, "Okay, fine." And he'd say, "Thanks, guys." He'd walk out, and then everybody would say, "How the hell are we going to do this? We don't even have the technology." That was my point I was it. trying to make earlier. Yeah, he, yeah. He, and, and, and his tech people, the, the the not the model makers, but the people who had to do the technology, the animation, they were like, "Dude, they had to build literally the technology," even though you know George Lucas was like, "This is what we're going to do." Blah 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 blah. And so I think that. And again, we know how much time it took for them to do what they had to do for film. Uh, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you for that sub. We appreciate that. Uh, DK Wildcat, thank you, thank you. Let me yeah, say one Adam, more thing. Thank you for the membership too on YouTube. We appreciate that. Yeah, unique. So Chris is talking about ships coming into other ships, right? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, like, when you when the first time you see the Bengal carrier, mm -hmm. and, and, and I said, hey, look at those colors. Mm-hmm. And that is a reference because back then, yeah, there was a shortage of colors. Yep. The color palette was small, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all thinking like, wow, because Wing Commander was done like in a four to six color palette kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we're like, wow, he's got eight colors in that thing, That's, right? That was like, oh my God, it was pushing the envelope just to have eight colors on the screen at the same time. <laughs> and everything had to share those colors, you know? Yeah. And, and, so, and, and, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, so I'm just like, you're thinking that mindset of, hey, he's got a maximum of eight colors on the screen at one time and everything has to share it. And if you have two sides and half of the colors got to go to the other guy, unless you're making ship all black, you know? Um, yeah. And then suddenly it's, yeah, you're going to be on the ship with your friend. And oh, by the way, your third friend is going to be at a fly ship inside your ship. And it just goes on like that's ever yeah. been done in any game yeah. ever. Yeah. And to your point, just that single scene, a ship flying inside of another ship and landing. We've never right. seen that before. You know, you've seen cinematics. And, 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 and I'm talking about players right. doing it. We've seen not players doing it. You mm -hmm. see, yeah. you know, yeah, cutscenes and cinematics, yeah. you know, or AI-driven things, yeah. simulations to do it. But no player's been inside another ship <laughs> while they're in a ship. <laughs> and to your point, Griffin, about company being being established and and and, and having all these um assets and everything like that. Mm -hmm. That's part of the, the the journey for 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 the past ten years of Star Citizen is that the, a lot of ISC isn't just about how, how ships together, but how how ships come together, but how tools come together to make the to make the game what it is. So I. I, 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 I a lot of a lot of thought have been been put into the the development of this game and how to make make it make the, the development of the game easier and um and and more feasible. Yeah. So yeah, tools and making tools is a big thing. R and D basically. Yeah. Yeah, R and D. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the other thing too. When you watch that video, and I think Unique mentioned it or somebody mentioned it in chat earlier. When you watch that video, if you didn't know better, if you didn't know the history you would think everything was in place already that there was already a studio that there were dozens of people working you know and and we don't realize that there were very few people chris had a handful of people that spent almost two years working out just that presentation alone and so that's why a lot of people when they see that from you know 2024 like you know when you watch e3 right when you go to e3 and something comes out you don't assume it's only eight people you know working on this elaborate thing you know and so it's very easy for people to say, oh, we saw this great presentation in 2012. Where's the game? You know, mm. they forget that Chris was a coder. You know, he spent time himself putting that thing together, which is kind of mind blowing in and of itself too. Uh, but anyway, we're going to get back into the video because uh, we got some good things going on in chat. Gladestone, if somebody takes your ship and leaves you stranded, brother, you better be able to call a beacon because you're stranded. That's what's going to happen in the game. That's <laughs> your question. Okay, here we go.
Oh, yeah, that's Kenny Wolf take over. There you go. Death of a space person, right? There you go. Sort of show some of the some of the the aspects of it, and also show you that what you saw in that 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 uh, movie was actually game assets. Okay, let me stop. Blade, I got to dispel something that you said because I've heard other people say this. They say they wasted four years. <laughs> Anytime you're doing something new and different, you don't go in and everything you do is right. Everything, every business when they're starting, anybody who's open to business has found ways to make mistakes, mismanage money, should have done something differently, should have hired somebody differently. That is a part of business. And I don't know why people think that when Chris Roberts started this game, he was supposed to do everything perfect. Not only was there problems with the engine, because they didn't throw the engine out, by the way, but not only were there problems with that, if you remember, they had hired multiple companies that they contracted out. And a lot of the contractors that they had brought in did stuff wrong, which is why everything ended up being Il brought phonics. under the umbrella, Illphonics. Yeah, they had subcontractors. There's a whole bunch of stuff that they did with good intention, hoping things would go right. But as the depth of the game was increased and expanded, now I'm not talking about no, no, no crazy stuff. I'm just talking about as they started to build with technology and things changed, as the engine changed, the requirements changed. And that happens with any business. So I don't like when people, and this is me personally, when people want to say, oh, they spent four years and it was a waste. No, it was not. It was not a waste because sometimes that happens when you're trying to do something different. Now, if you want to produce the same old crap out there and play the same old crap and six months later be done with it and moving on to the next crap, well, yeah, shouldn't make no mistakes. But when you're just doing something- Just trying to figure out, ahead, just trying to figure out what the game that you have now, what it would actually be yeah. with CryEngine and 32-bit. Oh, yeah. Well, versus Go back and look at the Morrow Tour. Go back and look at the Morrow yeah. Tour that we all thought looked so fabulous and great back then. It was just a little glitchy. You look at it now, it looks horrible. Imagine if we had gotten <laughs> Star Citizen back in 2015 or 16. You'd be freaking playing something like No Man's Sky right now. You wouldn't care less about it. So let's, let's keep it real with this whole thing. We're talking about a development process and I know we all want to get the game in our hands. I understand that everybody does. I'm older than half the people in this room. I don't want to be in my grave. I want to play the game, but I also want the game to be something that lasts like an Eve or a World of Wildcraft that's been around for 10, 15, 20 years. Not something that I play for one year. And next thing you know, I'm worried about playing Starfield. So that's my preaching yeah. for the day. All right, that's my preaching for the day with that whole speech, okay? All right. Here Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, so, go up here. so I'm actually on the bridge of that carrier and uh, walk around. I guess I'll. Fell down too many stairs. <laughs> down more stairs. Um, I guess if I go out the side here, Boop, I can sort of fall through the floor. And see out onto the actual main carrier there. Something has never changed. Gonna, um, exactly. I'm going to cheat and sort of walk myself to the hangar bay really quickly. So here I'm sort of on the hangar bay, and so one of the things that is uh, you know I'm kind of happiest with the, the the sort of level of fidelity that we're doing here. I'll sort of look. We'll spin around, but um, so you know, so my 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 pilot character here. So he's built out of about a hundred thousand faces so, so a typical 
current gen console game will have about this 10, is from 2012 this is in 2012 the difference you get with this is you get you know all this extra sort of piping and tubing and detail I'll and put the link in the um, chat you thanks you wouldn't be able to get in uh uh you know a, a current gen style game and then also if i'm looking around in the uh if i'm looking around here in the the uh the hangar bay um you you know the the level of sort of detail oops oh that's good and prototype still working, but um, you're look, looking around here in the level of detail. But the actual uh, hangar itself is about uh, just under about two million polys, and uh, you know each one of the, these uh, ships themselves. If we go take a look at, them, I'll get into one to fly. They're about three hundred thousand. So the ships that's again about ten x what you have in a current gen uh, console game, and you know it just allows you to have a lot more detail, sort of the paneling and the stuff, and it all holds up really close. Um, but I'm sort of I'm going to go and get into my fighter. Start in. And yeah, it's, it wouldn't be. Got to have a cockpit. It's got to be real. It's got to be detailed. Look at the um, MFDs. <laughs> so you know, this is kind of what I'm talking about—the level of immersion. I mean, I think I actually was uh, kind of regretted right. in Wing Commander 4 that we cut the cockpits out. All that animation would piss you off right to, now. To uh, get them all done. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean the whole thing is modeled fully in 3D. And uh, if you're trying to hurt and get somewhere to help do, somebody, you ain't trying to push all the buttons and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything you're doing will be mimicked inside the cockpit. But, uh, so I'm trying Check to out those sound those. effects. Man, that looks so dated now. <laughs> It looked amazing. Well, yeah. So I was walking around this cockpit, uh, which is actually I go here. Uh, normally play at this angle, but um, it's again the le it's exactly the same. I was talking about the level of fidelity. So you now the ship oh, itself, if I'm correct, it's just like past, 680. The uh, bridge there, it's like I was wandering around. Mm -hmm. yep. Get past and see if I get it. Um, uh, see all the, the folks in it or not. It's kind of hard. I don't want. Oops! I'm gonna hit this side. That probably won't be so good. Um, but the idea—I mean, like the idea would be in the multiplayer side. You literally. I don't even think the CPUs were like quad processors at the time. At the most, if they were, right? Could wave to each other. Yeah, yeah the that the most. Uh, really like but they were common. Yeah, you know, there wasn't any loading screen. It all holds up. I'm there in first person or third person at that level of fidelity, and then I get into my uh, cockpit, and you know, I've got you know, uh, let's find some. Lamar, thank God we don't play this game. game. So, uh, <laughs> uh, right, but um, so yeah, like I'm in my cockpit. So if you think Wing Commander style, look at uh, screen joystick. You can see me do everything. I can see my feet on the pedals. Unique point. Look at the minimal forward, colors too. Um, foot on, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, the the throttle. Um, you know, and if I'm changing something around, you see my thumb. So every action that you're going to do in the in the final game. You'll actually do. You'll see your character do it. He flips the switch. You want to turn on it. You want to turn the weapons display on. You'll have to switch. Your character will actually have to switch, and it will come out. So it's all about making you feel immersive. It's sort of like the next st step of what a long time ago I did in where I put you in the cockpit, and instead of saying you were. So I just want to say this is something that um, I think uh, Jared Huckabee pointed out in one of the Vice Citizen. Right here, you're, instead of you controlling the ship. You are controlling the pirate that controlled the ship, and even then, that that, that was that that was the goal for all along. I didn't, I, it, it didn't, it didn't occur to me back then. They're like, you know, I see it happening, but it it didn't click. But yeah, ever since you say that, I I, I can see I can see that, that was the plan all along.
which is different than any other game because any other game, whatever animation's happening with your avatar, that's just, that's all it is. It's just an animation for them. But the degree mm -hmm. that you're moving the stick, like you said, or anything else, you're actually, that's what you're controlling, which is pretty amazing. A lot of work, you know, but we understand why they're doing it now, you know. Okay. 52% damage, it was like you would see the cockpit smoking, you would feel that. But of course, you know, that was much more primitive. It was VGA 320 by 200. This is 1080p with, you know, millions of colors. Um, but it's just, it's, you know, part of it's the level of detail and immersion. If I sort of come out on the ship itself, it's the same. It, it's like, just just like li little things. So, you know, like silly things, but, you know, if I'm like moving my laser gatlings around, the, the wires are all deforming. And uh, if I'm flying, you'll sort of see my uh, vector thrust on the back that all, it's all sort of moving. Um, and let's see if I go up here, um, shows a few things. Uh, but the idea is, you know, this like all the all the craft that you you um, you fly uh, are modeled to this sort of level of fidelity. So you know, this particular fighter has about 300 parts, and about 60 plus of them are all sort of moving. Um, and uh, so let's see what I'm doing if I'm uh, a little bit. Classic Star Wars style stuff. But uh, if we go in here, I'll sort of also deploy my missile bays. And the same thing, you can sort of, if I fire the missiles, uh, and they're actually all set up very much like a, a real missile would be. So there's an explosive force and they go out and then it sort of hits the acceleration. But it's all sort of the, the aspect of uh, sort of, you know, the realism. I mean, the same thing, you know, I, sort of, I can sort of punch in and, you know, it's like a level of detail that, you know, typically um, you haven't sort of seen before um, in, uh, you know, at least in definitely a console game. It's what you can do on a high-end PC. But um, let's see if I'm getting, I'm getting closer. Fly a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, if you want to come in right up really close, it's going to hold up all the way in really close. And then if you want to come out wide, I mean, it's the same thing and the same on the, the carrier. The carrier itself was, uh, you know, I think uh, carrier itself is about 7 million polys, where this is about 300,000. Uh, so it's just all, you know, that's all what you can do when you're sort of going crazy on the, uh, uh, you're, 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 not, you're not worrying about fitting inside 512 megabytes and working on seven-year-old technology. Um, so one of, the, uh, one of the things that I'm kind of like most excited by uh, is the, uh, the way we're doing the flight model and the, the sort of physics simulation here. So, um, so just to show you, so like here's, here's my ship and it's modeled, uh, it's a complete, proper, full, rigid body physical simulation, and actually, it rotates and orient, you know, it moves and maneuvers around, uh, changes orientation, all like a real spaceship would do. So, uh, I know it looks like it's got wings, but basically, what's happening is force. Like, so here I'm yawing. You can see the thrusters, the vector thrusters are all sort of articulating, and, and actually, yeah, you were back in twenty twenty So, if I'm going to yep. pitch, you'll see. The only and sketchy part is that it had the fans on the front of the uh, ship, same like, like to suck air into yeah, it. But zombie, it's a spacecraft. Zombie, yeah, zombie pig said yeah, that those were there to, to cool off the guns. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty crazy, right? Rolling, you'll see the the thrust, and so as I'm flying around, what's happening is uh, the ship's sort of fly-by-wire <laughs> system. So it's sort of set up very much like. Maybe a, like I'm watching a dinosaur on National Geographic. Trying to figure all that out in space 
you know, because you, to actually go, okay, I've got to put a force on this part of my rigid body and I have to put a force over here on this part of the rigid body, it's, I mean, that's just too much for any player to do. And it'd be too much for a human being to do. It's why an F-35 has a fly-by-wire system because there's no way a real human pilot could actually fly it because it's dynamically unstable. So the computer's like change, moving all the control surfaces all the time. And it's basically taking the input of the, of the pilot saying, okay, well, he wants to pitch, he wants to roll, he wants to go here. And so that the philosophy of that is very much in, in, in this. And so what happens is your ship's computer, when you say, I say, I want to pitch. People got jokes in chat. So, okay, I want to pitch. <laughs> I see. And, the, and the sort of flight computer goes, okay, uh, that means I need to put a force here and put a force here. And it actually talks to all the uh, thrusters on the ship. So this particular one has uh, eight, eight maneuvering jets, four on the top, right? And there's a... Uh, four on the bottom down here. And uh, it, so it basically pulls them and says, okay, I need a force over here, I need a force here, and which one of you can get there and how quickly will it take you and how much force can you give me? And then all the thrusters sort of give the information back to the, the flight computer and the flight computer goes, okay, well, uh, all right, I crunched all the numbers and I need you to go here and I need you to go here and I need you to go here. And what's really cool about that is that in the old school of making a, a wing commander or a privateer or a freelancer style game, you basically said, okay, this ship would roll at 30 degrees a second, or this would pitch at 40 degrees a second. Well, with this system, you, there's none of that. It actually doesn't have any conception of like what your roller pitch is. It's all based on what your mass is, what thrusters are, um, you know, kind of how quickly they can articulate, how much thrust they can deliver. And so Thank what's you, really cool about that is that what it means Thank is you. when you are, say, in, in, in a combat situation, and you actually get, you know, you get hit on your front top right thruster, uh, uh, or you get hit on your, you know, back, uh, back bottom thruster or something, it will have a completely different effect on your sort of flight envelope. So they'll, you know, it, 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 and it's a level of fidelity that, that, that hasn't been done before. And the other thing that's really cool about that is that it really plays well into the, um, the bigger sort of star citizen universe where you're sort of building and modifying your ship. Because A, uh, it means that you can have like a huge amount of possibilities in how you're building pause it, pause it. your ship. And it also means... All right. So this version of Star Citizen compared to 318 that's coming. If you change Chris Roberts' voice that you're hearing in this video to Derek Smart's, <laughs> yeah. now what do you think? You can roll it. You would think this is a Derek Smart version. Oh, God, okay. Why? <laughs> that's what it's like. That's how much oh, it's God. changed. Yeah. You know, you're like, ugh. Yeah, it's changed, that's for sure. Okay, on, that, no on that note, okay. <laughs> is that uh, there's no particular hey, strong, for the uh, you know, definite, this is how we're going to uh, win build. Because for instance, to give you an example, you could build a tank of a spaceship with lots of armor, lots of shields and heavy weapons. Cost you a bunch of money to build that, but someone who's a good pilot may have built a much lighter build that's really maneuverable. And yeah, if you manage, if you hit this guy, then he'll probably blow up. But it's going to be pretty difficult to hit him. If he's a good pilot, maybe he can get 20 hits on you before you get one hit on him and he takes you out. So there's a very much rock, paper, scissors space because, you know, if you add weight to your ship, it's going to affect your sort of performance. So even just, you know, in this situation, if you, you, you know, once you've fired a lot of your weapons or your, your missiles, you'll be slightly lighter. And, and we're also going to let you scope into it. So you I don't, don't know have where to that's do it, from. but if you want to. What are you hearing? Some robotic. Some sort of robotic audio. Oh, okay. okay, thank you. Not just me. Okay. You can uh, adjust How about now? your power. Uh, Still rate a lot of it. When you load, make sure you have the timestamp. <laughs> it's not even a reload. That's running from video from my computer. You guys getting bad no. audio? It's the episode in itself.
Oh, it's in the yeah, episode. My... Okay. Oh, it's in the episode. Okay, no okay. mind. My bad. You can be in a tight uh, turning dogfight, and you decide, okay, I'm going to take the risk and drop some power to my shield and, 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 and put screen. a bit more okay. power to my thrusters to maybe try and get an extra degree or so in that turning battle. So I just think because it's, what is just the time a, it's built as a system, it's a it's there, a lot, there isn't one fast uh, I'm, I'm playing the video from my computer. Uh, oh. And also has a lot more combinations. So in terms of an open persistent universe, or even in terms of playing That's a more Minecraft style game, I think you're gonna, it's just it's going to open up a whole range of uh, strategies and combat uh, in the uh, in, in in space, right? So I, I think that's great and that's something that you know obviously you can do with today's tech that i couldn't you couldn't have done you know when i was making the last games i was making just because it's it's pretty processor intensive but you know now you've got the horsepower to do it um so let's see i think just for fun uh there's my carrier gone um i'm going to uh bring a few enemy ships in but this part's the sort of very final bit so the full uh uh, combat stuff's not all, uh, all the HUD and everything isn't fully in, but I thought it'd be fun to sort of see all the ships attacking the carrier, much like that you saw cool. in, the, that in, cool. the, um, in, the in the sort of cinematic sequence, which was obviously a lot of this, but stage was nice, taking the, the, the best shots for it. I bet you would you know have bet he's needs? playing with a gamepad. Uh, it's just it's the same like level of <laughs> you know detail on the, uh, yeah, on the big carriers that you have the same thing. I mean, yeah, yeah but Robert's plays with a gamepad. has gamepad kind of thing. He's a big gamepad And of user. course, they're all uh, they all move, they all articulate. I think there's four different types. There's the AA gun. There's a um, sort of a bigger sort of heavy duty ship to ship one, and then there's a, uh, the equivalent of a, a, a Flanax, um Sort of point defense system, and there's a there's a missile turret. Um, but again, yeah, like I'm saying, this is even a phalanx. Cinematic yeah, phalanx, yeah. It's pretty. There's all the same stuff. It's the same assets and everything else. Uh, hang on, let me see if I can get. Uh, fortunately, my this is the bit where the the hut up oh, there, Daisy. Oh, my hut yeah, oh. killed it somewhere. If I go around that. My uh, the uh, the full HUD targeting stuff isn't actually integrated in yet, so uh, uh, it's kind of hard for me to see who I'm shooting. Is he just button mashing? <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, he was selling, and now you see he's not saying anything. He's drifted into gamer mode now. He's not talking to anybody. He's just trying to dodge those space potatoes that are out there. <laughs> he's going faster than me. That's not fair. <laughs> Thank God those aren't the sound effects for the guns anymore. Uh, all right. Well, I was hoping to blow one up for you, but uh, I think they've all kind of run away. Um, we've got about 15 minutes left, and so kind of what I wanted to do was um, uh, take some questions and sort of, and just before I was going to do that, the, I was going to talk to you about kind of why I'm sort of showing what I'm showing now at this stage, um, because I'm actually showing you.
a build maybe a year before you typically would do so. So, you know, in the old-fashioned uh, uh, sort of typical uh, publisher model, you would basically <laughs> spend another year working on this, and then you would go to E3 and you would do an you'd do a reveal, and uh, uh, and then you know you sort of have your last year, you'd lead up to, to releasing it. Um, but part of uh, you know part of what I'm trying to do here is one, uh, I'm coming back to make a game. I really uh, I'm very focused on making it about uh, PC. Uh, you know I feel like the games that I made in the past were obviously uh, you know, you know, at the heart, there were always PC games. Uh, I felt like, you know, one of the things that Wing Commander and the other games I made was all about sort of pushing uh, what you could do on the PC and sort of showing uh, sort of the aspiration and the dream of it all. And I sort of f felt like over the last year, few years, especially as a player, I, you know, I kind of feel like as a PC gamer, I'm kind of, you know, underserved. I, I, I can either play ports of a console game. So, I mean, I have a console, and if a game was built for console, I'd buy the console version. I don't buy the PC port of it because I'm getting a port of something that was built for, you know, seven-year-old tech. Uh, so I don't feel like people are really pushing the PC uh, like they could. I think there's a lot of, uh, uh, I guess they're coming back to attack me, uh, a lot of uh, PC gamers that sort of feel like they would like to get, uh, that's my uh, uh, my guess, anyway, that they would like to get something that really kind of shows off or pushes the hardware, and um, and and oh, there you are, I died, um, and got killed by the uh, the nasty enemies. Um, but uh, so so uh, you know, I put this I put this together uh, in a way that uh, I can make it uh, sort of outside the traditional publisher system because uh, you know most of uh, you know the big publishers aren't very interested in. Uh, building a PC-specific game, and they're also not particularly that interested in building something that's a sort of space sim game because, you know, it's a genre that hasn't been, uh, you know, big for the last 10 years or so. Uh, I, I tend to think that I think the, the, the genre is as, uh, can be as vibrant and valuable as it always has been. It's just that there hasn't really been anything that's been particularly compelling uh, recently. Uh, and so that's kind of what my goal is to sort of come back and say, hey, I'm going to do a PC game like the old Wink Man as I did, which was if you've got a great uh, PC, this is really going to show it off, and you're not going to be able to get this experience anywhere else, and it's going to be immersive, and it's going to be a great uh, uh, you know, uh, game and, 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 and everything else. So, so as part of that... Uh Let me stop there for a second. It's something that Chris says that I think is vital. Um, he and David Braben both started on getting these projects going right about the same time. And it is amazing to see that after they started going back and bringing back their vision of what gaming was in space, over those next 10 years, we saw all these space games come out. And he's right about mm -hmm. that. Nobody was thinking about space games until he and Braben went back because of their legacy and their history in gaming. And all of a sudden right. you started seeing all these other space games that came out over the last 10 years. So whether he was projecting the future or whether his work you know, brought the future forward is interesting to see as far as I'm concerned. No, he was dragging them all forward yeah. out there. Yeah, they they knew because of his reputation, if he's doing it, we better be doing something too. Yeah, yeah. And can I just mention one game in particular, Call yeah. of Duty in Space. No one ever saw that coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. Which space? Thank you for those five subs. Hey, thank, thank you for gifting. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Where's mine? <laughs> Here we go. It's in the mail. Um, I'm, I've, you know, I've, I've put together uh, a group of private investors, but as part of my deal with that is I've to validate that people 
want this kind of game, don't mind it, want a high-end PC game, not a, not a sort of, uh, you know, free-to-play or a social game, um, that we're going to do an element of uh, crowdfunding in addition to the financing is because obviously this is a much bigger budget than you would have in a typical small sort of crowdfunded game. But the, what the concept is that we're going to have uh, a, a sort of limited number of the you know the people that really like this and really sort of believe in this uh, be part of the process much earlier than you would normally be. So you would you know you 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 in essence come in and sort of pre-buy your spaceship and uh, then your part of you, you, you're getting a lot more, inf you're basically involved in the development process in terms of seeing what's actually going on and really being uh, uh, you know, informed, which I think if you've looked at the Roberts uh, Space Industry site, it, it's, you know, we definitely do that and we're going to be doing more of that going forward. Uh, but you're also going to be playing uh, the game and builds much sooner than you would do if you were, you're not doing this. So, uh, you know, the, the full timeline to get the full big um, persistent universe and everything else about two years but about one year into it we're going to have sort of the multiplayer build that the alpha multiplayer build that you'll get to play and then about another 18 months in there'll be sort of the alpha beta of the persistent uh, universe that you'll get to play if you're part of this early community that's sort of signing up early and, and, and saying, hey, you know what, I believe in space games, I believe in PC games and I'd like to be part of this and, uh, and so I'm kind of having announcing this now we stop there just so you guys will know this is where when people talked about 2014 <laughs> this is where that number came from okay his projection was that they'd be able to do this within a couple of years and 2014 was one of those original target dates right citizen shenanigans thank the you amount as of money well. they were looking for oh, all right for the scale of the game that they were thinking about then mm -hmm is nowhere near how much money they collected and blew past that thing, yeah. which made them change their thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Of what was possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the Kickstarter page right now and, and it's an estimated delivery November 2014. So yeah, that, that was that was putting stone way back when. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. As part of the, I guess, in the old days, this would be my green light meeting with, uh, you know, at EA or Microsoft or somewhere where I'd say, this is what I'm working on and this is what I want to finish. Uh, so, uh, you, know, is, you know, will you guys back me to finish it? And that's kind of what happens at a publisher. They just say, okay, yeah, that looks cool. We think we could sell X million copies. And so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll back you. And, and, and all a publisher really is doing is it's guesstimate, it's basically saying, I think there's people that will like this and want to pay for it. So that's kind of what, um, I'm doing here, but I'm doing it to all you guys because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're the ones that would be playing it and want to play it, and I'm I'm hoping that a lot of you have, uh, you know, want to be in this universe because I do, and I I kind of want to play this game. So um, so I'm sort of saying, if you if you uh, if this is something you're excited by, then you know please come to robertspaceindustries.com and uh, participate and and support us. Um, so that's my pitch. I'm not very good at the pitch side of things. Um, uh, but we have about 10 minutes left, and I thought that it would be good to uh, uh, do Q&A for uh, if anyone has some questions, uh, I'd be happy to answer them. So I'll turn over to the, the question side. <laughs> Talk like someone in publishing. Yeah, mind you, I want you to take note of how many people are sitting in the audience when you see this video. Hmm. So um, the maneuvering thrusters, can they be 
intentionally disabled to do like some of the star Starbucks style maneuvers and like Battlestar? Yeah. So, so um, I mean, you know, uh, all the co all the different pieces are separate components on uh, the ship, and so they can all be, uh, you know, you know, they they're all simulated and they're all damaged and all the rest of stuff. But you can also uh, we're gonna. It's kind of what I was saying. There's a baseline of you. It'll fly for you, but you'll be able to. Um, you'll be able to sort of switch off some parts. So for instance, you could like disable them so you could sort of go on a sort of slide and then you could turn them back in and then your ship would take over. So it, you know, the idea is there will be lots of moves and strategies in terms of how you dogfight. Because I kind of wanted, it's, it's actually one of the big challenges of a space game is how you, in a multiplayer fashion, add enough like detail and nuance to actually make it sort of challenging in terms of different strategies to, uh, to achieve different ends. Uh, and so that's kind of why I'm excited about it, and you're definitely going to be able to do that. Um, just back here. It almost sounds like, and just make sure I've got this right, it almost sounds like you're taking a hybrid approach for the end game between EVE Online, where you've got economy driving things, and then a more traditional MMORPG like, say, World of Warcraft or um, uh, Guild Wars, where you get to a certain point and then you kind of have access to more story points. Is that accurate? Yeah, no, I'd say so. I mean, I think I think there's a there's a combination where I you know there's an attempt to try and do stuff on a procedural manner that uh, you know I I couldn't do to the level. So I I think. You can sort of simulate systems, and if you simulate them really well, they're kind of cool. In the old days, it was pretty primitive in how you'd simulate them, so they, they, it wasn't that interesting. Now you can you can do some stuff. I even think on the MPC and AI side that could actually uh, be pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a hybrid. So the, so the idea is that the you 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 have the big universe that's uh, you know has a lot of uh, sort of procedural elements to it, and then you're sort of spicing it up here and there with sort of narrative bits that you're dropping in. And, and it's sort of, I, I think it's a good combination for me. It's the sort of game I want because it sort of allows you to have the big open world, but then also sort of feels like it's got a bit of a personal touch, which is, you know, for me, that's, that's always important. I, I sort of feel like you have to be connected to the world um, to really sort of get lost in it. Okay, so then to expand on that, I have a coworker who I respect his opinions about MMORPGs very much, and he played uh, Bioware's Star Wars game. And he opined that its major downfall was that once you got to the end game, there really was no content. And they blew through the content, getting to that end game much quicker than Bioware anticipated. So you feel like this dynamic micro update system will kind of alleviate that? Oh, it's, yeah, totally. I mean, the, the, I mean, the the the, uh, the old Republic issue is that I mean, essentially, it's a it's an incredibly well executed single player game that millions of people can play, uh, and you know that in terms of updating content is uh, it's a nightmare. I mean, you just it's I mean, it's it's great content, but I mean, it requires a huge amount of work. So I think you're much better served in being smart about how you. Uh, set your, ga you know, like in the case of this, how you set your galaxy up, how you put different factions together, and you sort of put uh, systems in place that, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example. That, um, so, for instance, uh, you, know, we're, we're, you know, it's not just about having an economy. So we're sort of simulating, the idea is to simulate the galaxy like a, 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 like a real world would be. So, for instance, if you're trading close to Earth and the planet's near there, the, you know, right near the sort of center of the empire and there's a lot of uh, law and order and, and, and sort of military presence. So there isn't really an opportunity for other players to rip, you know, basically, you know, do PvP or, uh, you know, take out... Uh, 
new players, but if you're trading there, it's very safe as a merchant, but when you land, say, on Earth, um, you'll be paying landing tariffs, and you'll be paying tariffs on the, on the goods you sell because someone has to pay for the infrastructure, someone has to pay for the, the law and order that's happening there. Now, of course, if you don't want to do that, there's other areas of the galaxy that don't have the same level of law and order that don't have any of that. But of course, obviously, they're a lot more risky because those are the areas that, you know, pirates aren't really, you know, there's no one keeping the pirates in check and everything else. So it's much like, you know, the idea is to sort of simulate this universe like a real world. So there's trades and, you know, there's, uh, there's, you know, pluses and minuses to everything. And I think then when you start to do that and you put those tools in a world, then, uh, and you enable the player base to almost sort of help uh, keep it alive and, and create content, I think that you so can avoid um, the problems that you have with sort of the old republic. And, and to be honest with you, I mean, it's, you know, this is a privateer wing commander style, so it's not about getting to level 80 or anything. I mean, there is no idea of level 80 in this style of game. There is basically, you know, you earn money, you upgrade your ship, which is sort of equivalent of your, your character, and then you can later on buy, uh, you know, say you, you can get an asteroid mining station, or you can get a private penthouse on one of the planets. But it's not about, you know, okay, I, I, I need a rush to get myself to an, you know, level 80 and then what my end game is. It's, it's, a, it's a different sort of philosophy. And I think at the higher levels, it's going to be more about putting the players in opposition to each other and creating uh, divisions and rifts between the players and factions in such a way that they'll sort of operate amongst each other, which is what, you know, the thing that EVE Online does very well. That's, that's, that's kind of how they keep that universe uh, going. Can you pause, please? I have a technical question about the... the yeah, so he, he's almost speaking directly to me. I, I didn't get to see this then in 2012, but I was playing uh, Star Wars Real Republic, and, and, and I was, I'm a day one um, player for Star Wars Real Republic. We rushed through the content, got to the end game so quickly, Bioware didn't know what to do with us. Well, so yeah, <clears throat> I, 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 I finished it in like, I want to say within two weeks, I'm quicker than two weeks. So yeah, this is uh, speaking to me. So yeah, it, it is interesting now how, I'm listening to this back then, how we had this plan laid out. And, and, and essentially, that, that, that's how it's preparing out right now in the PU. People mining, people uh, bounding, well, bounding hunting not really in the game, but you know, they have all these aspects and professions in the game that, that and, and it's mostly and it's skill based instead of um, level based. So, yeah, that, yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah, and it also says that you're not pigeonholed. Like when we play Kotor, Swotor, whatever. You know, you pick a particular type of whatever you want to be and you take that path, right? This whole idea of being able to, if I feel like mining today, I can mine today. If I want to do mercenary tomorrow, I can do mercenary. If I want to do salvage or trading, that gives it a lot more life as well. You know, there's so many different things that you can do in game. And not just that, when I want to play solo, I can play solo. If I want to play multi, I can play multi. There's a lot of things that they're trying to put in. But I also think that the curated side of it where someone mentioned earlier about it was a good funny line that they said, I forgot who it was, so please forgive me if I don't give you credit, but they said players are like locusts. You know, it's hard to keep up enough content for them because they eat up content very quickly. So there's this balance between what happens in worlds like EVE where there's player-driven content that comes up as well as the content that CIG produces, which is another factor why we need to have the studios and continually put things out. In EVE, there was one point where they introduced I can't think of what the group was called, guys. You know, there are four races at Eve, but they introduced some other thing oh. that the devs ran. Remember that? And yeah, that brought yeah. a new oh. aspect of the game because it was it was something that we didn't expect. And it changed the dynamic of how we played the game. And I'm hoping that they'll do the same thing. You know, we've already got the lore of multi-races and different stuff. 
But I think as there's expansion, we find other areas to explore and do things. I'm hoping there's stuff that we have never heard of that we run into that makes us want to go out there and do more in the game. Mel Carey, thank you so much for that sub. We appreciate it. Yeah, it, 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 it's not done 5114. He's he, he talking about the race, the fifth race. Yeah. Highly advanced. You know, they uh, have those uh, white ships, the, the real cool white ships. I can't think of the name yeah. of them now. But can't yeah. think of the name, but yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And and Jay, take think of for, for, for connection. Bounty hunting is in the game. Uh, my bad. I, I, I'm not a bounty hunter, so that's why I, I, I don't partake <laughs> in that. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Joe, Jovian, Jovian, Jovians. Thank you. Yes, the Jovians. Oh, good memory. Uh, in a game like World of Warcraft, you know how to you don't have to share that much data between client and server. Like how many people are in the like, audience? Where's your character and what is he doing right now? But here you mentioned that that <laughs> I got like hundred yep. turrets and something like that would have to be disseminated to every client. Have you run into any technical problems getting that data to flow freely and issues like that? Uh, well, no, actually, I mean, it's funny you mention that because I would actually argue with you that the setup of this style of game is much easier to do than a World of Warcraft because in a World of Warcraft, uh, you know, you have whatever it is, 1,000, 2,000 people in your shard, and you've got to worry about all those I think those people in the front seat areas. are the people that are helping to build the game. The They're just put there to uh, isn't, help isn't offer those questions. But you've got a lot of them. Uh, so this is the way you should the way that you should think about this on a multiplayer technical side. It's a lot closer to, say, Battlefield 3, uh, or World of Tanks, and the actual, you know, intent, you know, the stuff, the combat that you saw here in the multiplayer system, you know, you won't be, you can't be Solari, in, a, in, a, in, a, thank in a, you. you know, what we call a balance. So it's going to be, you know, like a, a freelancer or a battlefield where it's somewhere between, say, 60 and 100 and something players. But of course, you know, space is big, right? So in the actual galactic sort of server level, all the player base is in it. You're not on different worlds or shards. It's just that. If you're, if you're flying out in space between planet A and planet B, and you, you know, the, the galactic server basically goes, okay, well, you're flying from planet A to planet B, and this other person is flying from this planet to this planet, they've intersected, and you know, they're going to be in conflict. So it, it creates a, an instance in space. And of course, space is huge. It's infinite. So there's no way in this system that you say, oh, I'm going to go to exactly this coordinate. So basically, it creates these, these battle instances, and they exist for as long as the, you know, the conflict exists and then it's gone. So, so it's just sort of think of the persistent galaxy being more like uh, a really smart matchmaking system built on top of what would happen in World of Tanks and, and Battlefield. That's sort of keeping track of your overall status, what your location is, what the money you have and all the rest of the stuff. But the sort of high fidelity like data traffic uh, for the combat stuff is sort of in those sort of temporary battle instances that is much more like a sort of, like I said, World of Tanks or Battlefield. Uh, how do you uh, think it's going to be like near Earth where it's going to be a very busy system, I would think, as far as handling these high poly art assets, or at least what's very high poly compared to what we see now? Um, when you are playing multiplayer and there's, say, 60 or so characters all interacting in that particular area where it's not creating that instance, that's pretty, that's persistent in your persistent world. Uh, okay, well, so, I mean, here's the other, see, the, the, the yeah, I'm giving some tricks away on, on, on the space side, but um, uh, there's a big advantage to making this kind of game over making a typical, say, uh, first person or third person game is that you don't really have to, sim you know, the environment's pretty cheap, right? It's space. So you spend, uh, you know, your processing power, your GPU power on 
the spaceship or the character. And then the size of the spaceships means that it won't, by the time you get in close enough to the 300,000 polys of the fighter you're in or the, the craft that you're in, um, it's pretty much filling the screen. So you're not going to be able to have 60 other ones all at that le level of resolution all on the screen at once. So what would happen is, yeah, you can have 60 people in there, but if you were close enough on one to have that level of resolution, the other ones are all being rendered at a much, much, much lower level of resolution. And that's sort of the advantage of these big objects, right? So it's different than if we were saying it was a first-person shooter game and we were having, you know, uh, you know 100 or 200 uh, characters running around shooting each other all at 100,000 polys, yeah, there would be a problem because you literally could get a lot of these characters all on the screen at once at that resolution, and uh, it, would, it would be you know, harder to push that data around. But because you're flying spaceships, and spaceships have sort of size and volume, um, it's, you, know, you can't really fit that many of them on screen at once, so you sort of alleviate the, uh, the, the technical issue of you know, having too many polys uh, one when everyone comes together in the same spot because there's just you know, so many ships you can fit in a certain volume. That's kind of the way it works. Um, oh. So you are one of the very few high-profile figures in the video games industry that has started in the video game industry, went to the movie industry as a producer, and now coming back. Uh, what would you say is the key thing that you and RSI are bringing to this project that other developers and publishers would say, you know, we have the movie industry experience, and you know, we're bringing the cinematic experience to you in this game. What would you say, you know, that you're bringing sets you apart from those claims? Uh, well, I, I think, I mean, I sort of uh, hit on it a little earlier. I mean, I think the thing that I learned the most when I was, you know, spent about 10 years making movies is that there's a there's an attention to detail, uh, and it's and by the way, it's not on things that you would that you would think are obvious at all. So you know, if you like, you're not really you know, you're not making movies, you're not sort of into it, you sort of, you sort of view the sort of high-level stuff, the obvious stuff, but there's a huge amount of work that goes in on, you know, a, a whole bunch of really talented and creative people to put the tiny little nuances and details in, and it is actually those details and nuances that make that world feel more realized, and so then the actor's performance or whatever can live inside it, and I think that uh, on a, on a uh, game side, I feel that, uh, you know, bringing some of that attention to detail that you would use in films back into it, uh, you know, stepping it up another level will increase your immersion. Because for me, it's always about immersion. So uh, all I want to do is I want to play this game, and, and I don't even want to feel like I'm playing a game. I just want to feel like I'm lost in this world. Uh, and so uh, for me, uh, it's probably the, you know, the, the, like I said, the attention to detail. And then from a sort of more boring production process basis, there are, there are some, you know, there are, there are aspects of the film business that are silly. And there are also aspects of the film business that are pretty good. Uh, and they're very, very good at marshalling a large amount of people in a short period of time to achieve one unified creative vision. Uh, and it, that's actually quite impressive when you're on a movie set and you see you know, two or 300 people all operating in unison to deliver a combined vision. And they sort of do it in a very, or even if you think about visual effects in a movie, I mean, most of those big visual effects movies, you know, they have 2,000 shots to do and they deliver them, you know, they finish shooting and they've got six months or eight months to do all the shots. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a huge challenge. I mean, in the game business, you know, you do a lot, you do similar work, but, you know, you'll take two or three years to uh, do the same level of volume. And a lot of times it's not to the same level of detail. So I think on that side, there's, there's, some, there's some good sort of techniques to sort of, uh, you know, adapt and use. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I, I fully think that the, the game business uh, is, the, is going to be the sort of entertainment medium of the 21st century. We're just at the beginning of our industry. So, you know, if you look at a film that was made in the 20s, it's very primitive compared to films that are made today. 
you know, because they sort of evolved from theater, so they're very static and the performance is very big. And then, you know, as you got closer to the 70s, it became more naturalistic. And I think that the game business is just like that. I mean, I think we're still figuring out how uh, to engage and how to immerse a player in a world or a universe. Um, and that's kind of part of the fun of it is to, you know, figure out the syntax and language is cool. I think I've got the time is up. Please wrap up on the front here. Oh, <laughs> apparently uh, the, our site is uh, having millions of hits and is overloaded. So everyone out there, please be patient um, uh, because it's it, hopefully, I think it's worth it. Um, but um, it's great that there's so many people interested in it, but uh, we'll try and get it back up uh, when uh, I guess we can. So um, that's, that's it. So thank you guys. <laughs>
It opens up saying Reclaim the Stars in this exciting new space epic from legendary game designer Chris Roberts. And again, please keep in mind, this Kickstarter site came out after the Roberts Space Industry site. So after he did GDC, they said, hey, we had all this big response. The people blew out our website. We're going to partner. And we opened up with this video, by the way. He said, we're going we're gonna to partner with Kickstarter so you guys will have a consistent way to be able to donate as, and make this project grow. Now, right below that, it says Cloud Imperium Games Corporation, but it's that next line that's stuck in my head. And I showed this to Fast Cart and Unique before. The line says 39,397 backers have pledged 2,134,374. And here's the key words to help bring this project to life. All right. <laughs> Not to complete it. That, in other words, to get things started, <laughs> to breathe some life into this thing, we brought in $2 million. We're going to say, and, and, and is that different from what other Kickstarter campaigns say when they're complete, or is that something? You know, usually they just say something about, thank you, we've reached our goal, blah, 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 right? Okay. Which they did. They reached their goal. But I'm, I'm just saying that whole thing about bringing the project to life, it didn't say to complete right. the project, to finish the game, or anything else. When we scroll down a little bit further. Yeah, this was the just to go forward money. Yes, uh, there you go. That's a good way of putting it, just to get the, the ball right moving, here. right? So on the right, and we're gonna look at this in detail. The stuff on the right is kind of small, I know for you guys, so I am gonna show that on a different screen, but you can see that pledges started at $5. If you just wanted mm -hmm. to give toward the project. Yeah, I mean, if that's all you wanted to do, yeah, a that was great. Kickstarter thing. Yep, the electoral skin hull enhancement for existing players. If you own a ship already, you could get that skin. If you didn't have a ship, well, you just gave him five bucks, okay? Um, Does anybody have that skin? No. I know, <laughs> I know yeah. uh, there's a lot of stuff I, in the I, early I, I days. I have it in one of my physical packages. So yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I yeah. don't have that. <laughs> yeah, if you can't use Kickstarter, break out your American Express Discover. <laughs> you could do all that if you want to, okay? Oh yeah, PayPal, they were, PayPal. Yep. They had a brown paper bag they were passing around. Yep, so here we go. <laughs> Real quick, Star Citizen is a rich universe focused on epic space adventure, trading and dogfighting in first person. Single player, offline and online, drop in and drop out of co-op play. That's what we were talking uh -huh. about earlier, okay? Persistent universe that'll be hosted by who? The US? Modable multiplayer that will be hosted by you. Some of you may have heard that at one point you hear people yeah. talk about servers. We'll be able to play it on our own. That's where this stuff But it's not hosted from. by US, it's not the United States, hosted by us. us. Versus hosted by, hosted us. by thank you. you. Yes, hosted oh, by us. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Unique. Hosted by the US. About yeah. uh, by, uh, by us, by them. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, no yeah. subscriptions. No yeah. pay to win. Those things we first. <laughs> Of course, we do have a subscription. Bit me. Bit me, thank you. Five community subs. Thank you, 64. Thank you. Nice. Awesome. We appreciate hey, that. So does Whammer. Okay. Yeah, Whammer's back. Oh, nice. Well, right the time, brings up a good point. That was before AWS cranked things up or not. Yes. That was before AWS. Yes, yes, yes. So there's more detail here. And once again, we put that link in the chat for you guys. But we want to go over some of these different levels. But Unique talked about this at the opening of the show when later on they started introducing the stretch goals. And this is where we started out at the 2 million, then they went to 2.5, then 3, 3.5, so on and so forth, until it finally got up to 5 million. Now, what I wanna kinda do is go over some of the small points that are in here, and I thought I brought it up and I didn't. 
uh let me read it real quick guys give me two seconds here where's my link i'm sorry i thought i had my link here for my kickstarter page copy paste and go okay <clears throat> what it says there underneath that six million or before that six million between the five million and six million it says there's a ta <laughs> a tablet companion app uh, uh -huh. to check on your inventory your commission and find missions and get the galactic news feed uh now that that's tablet, your moby glass that's your moby glass i was gonna say that not a tablet yeah, not for your tablet guys that's your moby uh -huh. glass okay increased community updates monthly town hall meetings with chris roberts squadron 42 celebrity voice acting for squadron 42 we will bring back at least one favorite from Wing Commander. <laughs> I wonder yeah. who that was. Mm -hmm. 50 missions. Mark. 50 missions. Star Citizen Persistent Universe. Now notice that's where that drops in after the $5 million point. The Star Citizen Persistent Universe. Then the Star Citizen will match Privateer with 70 star systems to explore on launch. Additional oh. base type. You can discover the alien derelict. Then once they hit 5.5 million, it says the largest playable ship, playable ship, the Bengal Carrier. That's now I wanna, I wanna, hang on, I mm -hmm. wanna say something right here. Uh -oh. Okay. <laughs> they didn't start out with stretch goals, mm -hmm. yet they were showing you the Bengal Carrier, you'd be able to fly off of it, but it wasn't a playable ship. That yeah. was not in the plan. That's a good right? point, mm -hmm. good point. Yeah. Things started to change as more and more money started coming in. They're like, oh, well, what can we do for this? They're just making up stuff. Oh, well, make the bingo flyable. That'll make them happy. Yeah, yeah, good point. All right, it's six million. Star Citizen will improve on Privateer with 100 star systems to explore on launch. The bingo carrier will be unlocked for persistent universe play. Uh, you can't own it. Yep, can't own it, but you can play it. Full orchestral music. For Star Citizen and Squadron 42, there'll be a soundtrack. And then the last one is the first Squadron 42 mission disc, disc y'all, discs, behind enemy lines, available for free to all backers upon release. And you ain't getting no disc. You get a, <laughs> a 16 mission campaign in the style, even if you dig it, well, what you gonna play it on these days, right? Uh, a right. 16 mission style <laughs> campaign in the style of secret missions. Some of you guys remember that there were secret missions in Chris's previous games that you could unlock, okay? It'd be, it'd be funny if I got if I got a DVD or a CD, and I'll say, Shiaji gave me a toaster. That, that's no, nice of him. I don't know what to do. If you pay now, if you pay now, you will get an email that contains a link to where you can download stuff. That's it. Right, now, yeah. But now, well, yeah, but the, the Kickstarter said you got a disc. Yeah. A disc. No, yeah, but that's how things were changing, you know? There's so yeah, much technology and stuff has changed yeah. it's like there's no cds there's no dvds you yeah. can't download over the internet yep. you ain't playing that's yep. it now we do want to encourage you guys to go check out the rest of the stuff there's some updates there's some hear things about the rewards this digital add-ons which is really interesting some of this stuff is still posted on the website but some yeah. of it has changed okay uh this is when these were add-ons right uh the electro skin hull enhancement we talked about that the exploration skin military skin uh, Blackbeard's, I don't know what the heck that is. The Blackbeard Stealth Skin. Uh, False Color Skin. They were add-on ships. The Aurora was 25 bucks. The 300i was 55 bucks. The Hornet, 110. 
Freelancer 110, Constellation 225. It's amazing how... how, how I was in on the 300i. Those prices are still the same. Yep, they're still the same. Yep. Constellation. the Constellation has changed. Yep, Star Map, five bucks. Uh, The soundtrack, 10 bucks. Squadron 42 Manual, 10 bucks. Making of Star Citizen, 10 bucks. The Engineering Manual for if you wanted to do modding, 10 bucks. The Digital Download of Star Citizen's Novella. It's going to be written by Dave Haddock, the man behind Time Capsule and Spectrum Dispatch lore. 15 bucks, and then the pirate pack for 10 bucks. Then they had these final... Yeah. Let, let, let me interrupt you, because yeah. a lot of those digital downloads are still available on the on-site site, on the, on the add-on. So if you if you think you missed out on them from not being on the Kickstarter, you didn't. They're still available on on, on, on the, as an add-on. So yeah. don't you don't have to, you know... Fear missing out is not a thing for this, to yeah. put it that way. Cool. T-shirts, 25 bucks. Squadron 42 t-shirt, 25 bucks. Shut up and take my money, five bucks. Some of that stuff's in there, like you said. The Gladiator was mm-hmm. 150, the M50 was 85, the Starfarer was, remember that, 175. Uh, the yeah. Caterpillar was 225. Retaliator was 250. Vandal Fighter was 300 bucks. And the Idris was $1,000. Now these that's fist- a steal, man. There's Back a steal, then. right? <laughs> well, as a as a early backer too, you got discounts. So my mm. band, yep. my Banu was two fifty to me. Yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, back then. Now, yeah. There, as we mentioned earlier, there were these physical add-ons that you could buy, right? Uh, it said, please note that shipping is required for tiers more than one hundred and twenty-five dollars uh, below one hundred twenty-five dollars. I'm sorry for any of these items. It was a, a glossy. Full color map, which was ten dollars. There was the CD for twenty bucks. The hardback forty-two page book for Squadron Forty-Two. The manual was twenty dollars. A hardbound forty-two page book for the engineering was twenty dollars. Notice the prices have changed here. And the hardback bound forty-two version of the making of Star Citizen was twenty-five dollars. Then there was a spaceship. Those of you who got the package back with the kind, you remember this spaceship shaped mm-hmm. USB stick was thirty dollars. Okay, that was another no. item that you could get. Yeah. Now, but before we move on, I just want to say these are no longer on the site. They, I think they did away with these on in 2016. So yep. physical stuff, other than like the the the, the, the shirts and um and slippers and stuff like that, this stuff is not available anymore. So yeah, that's unfortunate. Absolutely. But I have a physical package, so I have it. Absolutely. So again, we want to direct you guys to go to the link that we posted. Check out the if you've never checked out that page, feel free to do so. The other thing that we want to do is this here. Now this is on. <clears throat> Sorry, this is on uh, Star Citizen Tools, I think. Let me make sure I got it right. Uh, I'm sorry, Star Citizen Wiki. Star Citizen Wiki. And <clears throat> what they do here is give the prices for these various things that we just talked about. But these were the different packages that they offered back then. Uh, there was the Kickstarter, which was five bucks. We talked about the skin you got. They had what they call Civilian, which was just a community pledge. You didn't get anything. You didn't get any ID card, nothing. But that was 10 bucks if you just wanted to throw 10 bucks in. Then it starts to change. At $30, they had what they call the Scout, which was uh, a first uh, pledge title was called a first responder. Some of you guys know when you go into your profile, you could pick these different titles and stuff based upon your giving, where that's where some of this stuff came from. And we've seen those change. But back then, you could put that down as your little moniker, your ID, and people could know at what level you gave in the game. So first responder, if you did that, you had an Aurora, you got 1,000 UEC, and you got what that th- what they called the time alpha and beta access, okay? And you got like what they called a white card, 
Uh, and, and here's the other thing. These were limited to how many people could participate back then. Only 5,000 people. They wanted 5,000 people at that $30 level. Okay, that's why you see the 5,000 on the far right there. Uh, after that, you had the Digital Scout, uh, which was called an early adopter. You got the uh, digital game license to play the game. Some of you guys don't remember that when you wanted to play the game, what was that thing called? Did you have to get the pass? What was it called? Uh, Arena Commander Patch. Pass. The pass, right? You actually yeah, had, you had to get a pass. Hey, to be able to play Arena Commander. $5. It was five bucks, okay? Uh, but you had a digital game license here, the Aurora 1000 UEC and Alpha Beta Access. There were 5,000 rooms for that. That was 30 bucks too. When you went up to the next level, which was $35, <clears throat> excuse me, that went to uh, early adopter again. I don't see very much changing there. Uh, you only 3,000 people were able to come in at that level. Then you went from 35. I, I, I think I think I, I think they I think they added more people because they, they, they got so overwhelmed with people uh, crying. So they people added more in. people. Okay. Yeah. Then it went from 35 bucks to 37 bucks. Such a small increment. Okay. There were 5,000 slots for that. Now it changes to mercenary at $40. Uh, half, half Starship will travel. Um, and that one, you got the digital game, the Aurora 1000. Yeah, there's not much changing here until you get to the $60 place where uh, Unique talked about. When you get there at Bounty Hunter, uh, the title was Make Mine a Double. You got a 300i, you got 2000 in UEC. Boy, you can't even buy a, a, a suit with that. Uh, you got the game soundtrack, you got a map of the universe, and you got the manual at $60. So, you know, there's a and lot you got of a green card. And you got, and yeah, you well, got back then, they didn't, yeah, they didn't have anything right? in game you could buy, so yeah, you didn't know if it was a lot of money or not. It just sounded like a lot. It sounded like a lot. Yeah, that's true. Uh, digital bounty hunter. I'm going to go through these very quickly again, but I want you to see how these, how these increments went up. They went up by 10, 20, 15 bucks at that time when you were giving, ultimately stopping. And it, oh, Here's some real cool stuff. Look at what you got when you got to a certain dollar amount. Let me see if I can find the one that really blew my mind. Uh, was it 250? Okay. Some of you guys remember that there was a physical model of the constellation back in the day. And when you gave yep. $250, it was like an eight inch die cast metal version of the Kanye. I want to say it was the Mark II. And that was one of the things that you would get here at the $250 level. At the $500 level, you get a Cutlass Black. That was interesting. A Cutlass Black, which was priced higher than the Connie, which I really couldn't figure out. That was interesting uh -huh. to me. Uh, once you got above 500, you went to 1,000. This is the one that blew me away. Check this out. You get the Connie, you get uh, a, a, a digital game license, You've got 20,000 UEC, Alpha Beta Access, a Spaceship USB Shape Stick, Soundtrack Manual, CD, Soundtrack Game Universe Map, Glossy, uh, five ship blueprints, six physical models of the Connie Andromeda, Making of Star Citizen hardcover, and check this out, a 30-minute video conference <laughs> with Chris Roberts. Now, that freaked me out. Now, whether that was a group conference or one, but there were oh. only 50 people that got that. And that's when yeah, you got the platinum on card. They were one-on-one? -on -one? Okay. Yep. 50 people, one-on-one -on -one with Chris Roberts, and that was what they called when you got the platinum card, okay? And, 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 and people are asking whether or not that, that ever happened. I think, I think those did. Oh, yeah, they oh, happened. Oh, yeah, it happened. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. 
at the 25 no, I did not caught the crest <laughs> <laughs> okay at the 2500 level now notice when you get to 2500 level there ain't no limit here okay there was a 50 limit at the 1000 but here that was also because it was almost unexpected that people would pay that type of money so i'm sure they Batman, didn't expect yeah. a lot of people to come forward with this but at grand well, yeah, 60 Admiral, minutes yeah you got this 60 minutes yeah everything else is the same but you got 60 million minutes here. Plus you got five flight ready ships. Platinum card. Platinum card, but you got five flight ready ships here too. That was also another difference too, at 2,500, okay? After that, you jump to the 5,000 mark. <clears throat> at 5,000, it's called go, go, go Boldly. You got to spend half a day with Chris Roberts. Face <laughs> Marshall. If you spent $5,000, you got to spend half a day with Chris Roberts, okay? And then last but not least, I think this is the last enchilada here, is the $10,000 mark, okay? You got and, a kind of- And, 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 and hmm? the $5,000 get you a black card, and this one gets you a titanium card. Titanium so, yeah. card, yeah. So you got a Connie Andromeda, 20,000 in UEC, Alpha Beta Access, a ship paint for your Connie with a custom ship name on it, you got access to those of you who remember this, the Million Mile High Club. Uh, you got your USB stick, your soundtracks, your manuals, five ship blueprints, 10 physical models. You got 10 ships for $10,000 back then. You got the making of Star Citizen and you got to spend the day with Chris Roberts and part of the development team. And one thing I'm missing is you skipped out on the CD. You get a physical CD with, with the soundtrack of the game, y'all. So, yeah. Yeah. No MP3s, just a CD. <laughs> you can't, nothing to play the CD on anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Notice it's the Wing Commander level. Yeah. And there's no F8 on it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There was no F8. You're right. And only 10 ships. Yeah. 10 grand. Only. There weren't a lot of yeah. things, you know. This yeah. it. Yeah, that, that's a that's Wing a, a prayer of ideas just jumbled together. It's <laughs> a big difference, right? Huge, huge difference in what was there. Yeah. So, okay, we're about to wrap up the show because we went over a little bit on our time, but we hope you guys enjoyed it. And that, you know, if you, those of you who've never seen this information before, hopefully it was enlightening to you. We did put links in the chat so you could kind of see where the sources were that we pulled from, including the video. Uh, there was a lot here to take in, but I really, really, really want to express great appreciation to Unique because there are very few people out there who can say they were around in the beginning. A lot of us will go back to Kickstarter or go back to maybe a year or two after that, but very few people that I know of uh, that were around back when this thing first got kicked off at. Marzipan, thank you so much for that resub. Marzipan, thank you. Thank you, thank hey, you. Thanks for the subscription. We do have some questions, guys, uh, that people have sure. crossed in, so why don't we take a look at those? I think Quinn wants you to give away your 890. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, let's is that go. what you're asking, Quinn? Is that what Quinn's asking? Yeah, I'm not yeah. giving it away. We do have, we do have one in the hangar that no, I've been holding off on getting rid of, but I'm waiting for the right time to do that. Um, let's see. Uh, this is from Rotten I'll Remy. Trade you. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you would. Rotten Remy says, very interesting. Uh, last updated, uh, plus three months later. I don't remember how they reached me. Oh, okay. What came after the Kickstarter? Um, what came after the Kickstarter was the website. If you remember there, like, you know, Unique well, talked about, he talked about how bad that originally was. Right, but they started doing it through their other website after that. And that website was horrible too, but at least yeah. it did work, you know. 
Um, but there was, it went to the RSI site after that. And then Pops in Space says, what do you think of the technology that has been added to the game and to the future to come? Like server meshing, does it add excitement or frustration? Pops, you asking the question is totally outside of <laughs> the <Yeah>. Kickstarter. Because <laughs> we can I, talk I about that, but we understand. Why do you hate me, Pops? Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, Pops, it's, it's you know, we, we've been, like I said, we've been around eight to 10 years amongst those who are sitting here right now. So we've watched the progress of the game. And like everybody else's gamers, we I think we get frustrated. We have our times when we, you know, ah, forget it, I'll come back later. And then we have those times when we play the game, we have a great experience. And it's just like as if nothing's wrong, like a lot of players. I think Poppy is mostly referring to the technology that we see in the video and in, in the GDC video compared to what we see now. Oh my and, God. And, 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 and basically, yeah, it, it excites me because I mean, I, I know as time goes on, it's going to get more and more impressive compared to what we saw then. I mean, Griffin said it all the time. But like back then, we thought that stuff was the stuff, right? So mm -hmm. we were excited. And I mean, going back to SusanCon and stuff like that, everyone would cheer and 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 hooray and everything like that. Whenever thing, whenever something comes come on the screen. So yeah, it, it excited me back then, and still excites me now. Yeah. The thing I miss is remember when we had the dynamic hangers. They would just get larger based on the number mm -hmm. of ships you had mm -hmm. and i had so many ships and that thing would <laughs> dynamically build out mm -hmm. i actually had to take the buggy to drive down mm -hmm. to even to get to the end because it would take 30 minutes to walk yeah you know yeah and then they had the 30 minutes really yeah or then if, you had walked the, it, if you had like a lot of ships it, it took a while yeah, to walk down here it Damn. took a long time it took a while and then uh they had some uh like track pieces, jumps and stuff and hoops yeah. for the buggy that you could put in your hangar and drive around yeah. and jump on. Well, what, a couple, yeah. a couple shows back. That. They were fun. Yeah, a couple shows back, we did the show Come and Gone, which Unique is talking about, where we talked about those things that used to be in the game. We've seen not only uh, uh, things that they've tested, but we've seen the technology morph. And, and to your point, Pops, to answer your question from a different way, I would say, that one of the things that's always promising to me is that CIG is still remaining relevant and cutting edge because there have been people who've been concerned about that they've been concerned about will star citizen be able to keep up as other games develop as technology develops will the game start looking old and as far as i'm concerned they've created their own style it's not unreal 5 and that's okay for me because it's real enough with the immersion with they what they have created that I'm content with that. And so some people will say, well, why don't they change engines or blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, yeah, what, they, no. What, they, what they're doing, as long as they keep it fresh and keep innovating. And for those of you who've been in 318 since Gen 12 has come in, you guys have seen the improvements in the graphics already. And as long as they can continue to do that, then I'm very happy with watching the progress from what we saw in 2012. Like we said, we thought that was the stuff back then mm. and now you mm. look at it and it's like ooh, i feel like 1980s you know i mean it's it's a different feel <laughs> now when you look at the 1990s, technology 1990s yeah we'll say 90s yeah i didn't go back to the we didn't go back to 8-bit completely 8-bit right okay right yep. so no those are those I, are great I, questions uh -huh, go ahead one of my final, final thoughts, I'm so glad that I didn't talk to a drinking game because I did not realize how many times he said fidelity and immersion and, and, and the CDC presentation. Because, I mean, that's where, that's where the drinking game started originally, I guess. Because, I mean, yep. yeah, he said it a lot. Yeah. So, oh, I, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't start a drinking game for that. Man. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, we want to tell you guys about what's coming up. Uh, we've had a great day today. 
Um, as you guys know, Fastcar, why don't you tell them about what's going on the next two things, and I'll talk about next week. All right, so Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. ETC, uh, we have a soul talk on uh, on YouTube and Twitch and sometimes Facebook, I guess. But that's where we talk about what's going on that week in Star Citizen community. Mostly we cover ISC, but that's on hiatus. We cover SEO, but that's on hiatus also. And we cover cinema. Basically, we cover what's in the comic and, and, and the dev tracker. And you want me to cover soul voices too? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so voices at uh, Saturday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, 8, 8 p.m. UTC on Twitch and YouTube and sometimes Facebook again. But that's part of part of that Saturday to kick it off. Um, so voices cover what's going on in the community, but this time it's more one on one on one. On so talk, everyone is invited to come in and just hang out and chat. So voices more one on one. We cover what's going on on Reddit, what's going on on Spectrum, and sometimes and 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 what's going on in the industries in general. So that's so voice it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. And next uh, Sunday uh, for our Sunday show, we're going to be doing a show called, you know, we've done this before whenever there's a patch coming out. Uh, we're going to be doing update 3.18. Some of you guys have access to it. Some of you don't. You just be able to watch other co uh, content creators and what they've been doing in the game. So we want to kind of go over the things that we like, the things that are working. They've just put out some new patches over the past week. The game has become more stable. Um, and obviously there's a lot in this patch. My, my good friend Cosmic Trader has talked about how there's stuff in the game that, you know, it, most of us haven't even seen yet. They've added so many things into the game. Uh, it's so beyond just the reclaimer and the salvaging, there's the rivers, there's the racetracks, there's all these other things that they've put into the game that some of us haven't even seen. So hopefully, uh, for my folks, <laughs> make sure you get into the game this week and play so we can talk about it next week. Cause we really do want to be able to show some of you guys and talk to you about the things that we like. And maybe things that you know we know that they're still having problems with with 3.18 but thankfully they were able to get it out to ptu before end of the year and we're having a lot of fun with it for those of you who haven't done salvaging if you haven't tried it it's pretty fun it is it's very very cool very very cool um the other thing that i do want to talk about next saturday uh soul citizens is hosting <clears throat> an event next week uh called the uh, what is it called? Content Creators, Content Creators Summit. Summit. <laughs> I got to remember myself. I have to remember what it is myself. Um, what we're doing is we've invited content creators who, you know, star citizen content creators to join us next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern time for the very first time where we're going to get together and talk about what it means to be a content creator with star citizen. What are the hurdles? What are the good things, bad things, uh, community, uh, CIG, the game state, all that good stuff. And we're going to open this up so that all the content creators can also stream it themselves. So you don't have to come here to watch it. If you've got a favorite content creator you watch other than us, you could tune in and hopefully if they want to stream it, they'll stream it and you can watch it from there, but you'll get to see it. Now it is so that you can watch it. These content creators are actually going to be on zoom. And so if you are a content creator of star citizen, you can register for it. We put the link in there for you. Uh, you have to be someone who content creates on TikTok, YouTube, or Twitch. We are going to check and see if you're a content creator. So don't say I'm a content creator. We're going, if you, if, uh -huh. if we don't see the content that's out there, you're not going to be admitted into it because we, we have, I can tell you now, we have 60 content creators already registered for this next week. Hopefully they'll all show up, but they have registered at 60 and we expect more people over the next week. So if you guys want to come and hang out and watch and see what we have to say, see the different conversations that go on between content creators, then I think it'll be a lot of fun. 
And we are really looking forward to bringing these content creators together, especially right now with all this got going on with, with Star Citizen. There's a lot of great stuff going on. So hopefully you guys will be able to tune in for that next week. Um, other than that, Fast Cart, is there anything else that I'm missing? I'm checking with you because you know I'm getting old and forgetful. Uh, we, we, we have a raid. You can raid. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not going to forget that. <laughs> no, okay. No. I, I think that's it. Okay. Nope, that's it. Well, FC, yep, Unique, thank you so much again. You always lend great stuff to us, especially, you know, on the on the historical side of what's going on with Star Citizen. And, and you kind of really made me feel better learning some things about how that information came out because I was really concerned that I was saying maybe wrong stuff, but you kind of laid it out there for us. So thank you again for that, okay? I try, but I'm getting old. Can't remember everything. But check out my article on medium.com. Oh yes, I just wrote well, a piece is there a link? On, uh, is, there a link? Oh, is there a link? Can you put the link in I, for I, us? Yeah, let me find it. You guys make sure. Listen, Unique wrote a great article. It's really, really good. Take a look at it. He'll drop the link into chat. I'm gonna actually wait for him to do that if he can, because I want to make I'm sure you guys it. get it. Uh, but take a look at it. He did a really nice piece on Star Citizen. It was really great for all of you who were here today, who followed, who subscribed. We appreciate you guys as always. We have um, 20, 20 subscriptions today. Yeah, wow, that's okay. great. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, we really appreciate that. And that means it's time for giveaways. We got to do something uh, yeah. <laughs> sometime this month and do some more giveaways. Unique's always wanted me to do some All giveaways. Right. So we're going to do some giveaways. You got your link? Yeah, I just got it. Okay. All right. Cool. It in. So there, there you go. go, guys. Check that out. Visit it. It's really, really good. Uh, and thank you, Fastcart, again, for what you shared today as well. We're the two youngsters to this guy, but. Uh, you know, we're, we've been around a little while, too. We've been on the block a little while with the game. Um, okay, we're going to get going. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do a raid with Verity. You guys know Verity, beautiful redhead who does great, great streams. If you get over there, send us her love. Let her know you came from the Soul Citizens. And again, Happy New Year to everybody. Thanks for joining us back for our first show of 2023. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. Until then, peace, love, and soul. Take care. Thanks, everybody. See you guys soon.